Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about, well, everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. We're back at it with the third region of our increasingly misnamed March Madness wrestler brackets, this time covering the first decade of the 21st century, the 2000s. I really shouldn't have to mention that, but I mean, quite honestly, let's face it, the interwebs has gotten increasingly stupid over the last couple of years, so I just need to tell you that, hey, by the way, the 21st century starts with the 2000s. And Anywho, it was a time of dying promotions, new up-and-coming upstarts, and indies here, there, and everywhere. Who's going to emerge out of this region? Well, we'll find out in this episode 130, Ruthless Bracket Progression. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who originally pioneered the spinner belt back in 1980 due to a shortage of Elmer's glue. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades and is the grand champion of arts and crafts time. I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations. Sir, how are you? I am doing quite well, and yourself, sir? I'm well. I, I didn't have a witty uh, wrestling one-liner because I'm. I was trying to think through uh, this decade and uh, trying to think what what those one-liners would be. It's, uh, uh, I thought you were just going to make a joke about eating paste from the arts and crafts bit. I tried well, to serve that one up to you, but well, you didn't take I, the bait. No. No. Kudos to you for not taking the low, the. And the two thousands were called the aughts, sir. Just yes, to. Well, the, uh, and I, I have actually heard someone refer to them as the, as the the naughty oddies. <laughs> Good lord! I know, but in reference to wrestling, which I was like, oh, okay, oh boy, because I guess something has to come after the Attitude Era. They had to like yeah. wind down in some way, because then they went like totally PG thirteen sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but hey, anyways, we're going to talk about him. I could have uh, done the old John Cena ruthless aggression. Yeah, <laughs> we'll hear from the doctor of thugonomics <laughs> later on. Oh, gosh. Good old Triple H doing the uh, evolution will pass you by, but that doesn't quite have the same sort of zip to it. So No, we don't need the discount Four Horsemen either right now. No. We'll, we'll get there. The off-price outlet Four horse, Horsemen will come along. They were not discount Four Horsemen. They were, they were an interesting lot, the four of them. That is true. Discount Four Horsemen was what? Flair? Lex Luger? <laughs> like... The, 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 the four Steve, horsemen, Mongo, McMichael. Oh, jeez. Good God. What would be the worst, like, four horsemen lineup that you could come up with and still have Ric Flair? Oh, this is an interesting challenge. So so you have Flair, but you got to fill the other three in. Yeah. Um. Oh, boy. I mean, obviously, Luger's got to be there. Luger's there. And Mongo is there, too. So, I mean, basically, Mongo you're trying there. to find the third. And I would actually vote Sting. Not I because gonna, I, I was going to vote Foley. 
Foley? <laughs> Cactus Jack. Who, who would be more out of place in the Four Horsemen than Cactus Jack? Well, no, they got to be part of the Four Horsemen. They had to have been a horse. I mean, like, out of all the oh, members oh, of the Four Horsemen. Oh, I'm was sorry. A... I thought you meant if you could pick any three guys. No, 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 oh, no, no. I'm talking oh, about oh, Four oh. Horsemen members. Oh, Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious was, oh. a, or Sid Justice was, was a, a horseman at one point, and not oh, a very good one. Yeah, so, so. Uh, you're three pretty good. I would actually go with Sting, if only just because it was it's such a mismatch. Like, yeah. his, his gimmick just does not fit. When you think about the original Four Horsemen and just kind of like these four dudes who look like they could be hanging out in a garage and also kick your ass. I think Jeff Jarrett was a horseman at one point. Oh, never mind. I, I'll think Jarrett <laughs> right there. Gosh. Never mind. I can't. I, I can't. I flip flop on my flip flop. Then. Oh, yeah. Yes. Totally. Jarrett. 2000s, sir. 2000s. What a a decade for wrestling. Vince had to invent competition for himself. (laughs) Yes. This was the beginning of the... We had brand splits. We had the revival. We had the death of ECW, the resurrection of ECW, the death of ECW, and then another resurrection of ECW before the final, final death. But but it should be noted, it, it was very... Just interesting. WCW and ECW folded not too long after one another. I mean, no. like the wrestling industry as a whole went through a major retraction, or, or, or if, I don't know if it's retraction, contraction, right? I contraction. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, when 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 they both folded, and you went from three wrestling companies down to one, and they don't need everyone, so it's going to be. An, it's a, it was an interesting time. It was an interesting time. And the the funny part is ECW <sighs> outlasting WCW, a company funded by a yes. major corporation and a millionaire with yes. plenty of money. And somewhere, Paul Heyman, you know, Paul Heyman takes just a little bit of pride in that. I mean, sure, he had to screw <laughs> over everybody in order to pull it off. <laughs> But you Paul, know, Paul's running around with a bunch of IOU post-it notes everywhere. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Like he, if if he, if he were like if it were a John Wick movie, everyone oh. would have one of those markers that has like yes. Paul Heyman's bloody thumbprint. That's like, oh, by the way, Paul. Oh, another one. All right, fine. What do I have to do? You know that sort of thing. That is funny. But yeah, no, that's it, it. Was an interesting time. But before we it get was. to that, yes. we we do this week. We are going oh. to actually get back to our our oh. regular format, and we are going to talk about things other otherwise. Uh, than our main topic last week was a bit of an aberration uh it was it was, it was really therapy is what it was um talking about uh, uncle todd had to get some things off of his chest i i did and you know what i didn't feel it, that it was hard times it was hard times baby it was hard times just having to talk about the the mustache and all the things going on hard times hard times <laughs> Oh, but anyways, oh, yeah. uh, we are going to bring back our my personal favorite uh, segment of the show because I quite honestly do nothing for this except just flap my gums. No research, no nothing. It's great. It's like a little mini vacation for me. So, sir, what do we got for the Week in Geek? The Week in Geek. feels so funky. Uh, our Week in Geek, sir, is 120% star wars celebration news so perfect we had star, we had star wars celebration uh that took place uh over the weekend uh the dates were the 7th uh friday april 7th through monday april 10th and uh there were uh, quite a few very interesting announcements but i think the one that that will uh focus uh probably most of our time on will be uh a certain teaser trailer for a certain show that is coming out i believe in august mm-hmm. uh and will potentially oh not potentially anymore we'll have the live debut yes 
Star Wars version of Hard Times. <laughs> Grand Admiral Thrawn, folks. It will be Hard Times for oh. the Rebellion and the Republic. Is oh, it good Hard Lord. Times? Because you got the one competent <laughs> Imperial officer that has ever apparently worked on a Star Destroyer. Yes. Coming yes. into the Star Wars universe. Yes. Finally, <laughs> the Grand Admiral comes back to the galaxy. <laughs> That'd be great. If you smell what I'm cooking. <laughs> Captain Pelion. Yes. <laughs> Bring me my pipe. Yeah. Gosh. What, what, do we, what do you think Thrawn's like, smoking jacket would look like? I think it would actually look exactly like the uniform. It would just I be puffier. So too. I, yeah. I think his uniform is a smoking jacket. So. <laughs> yeah, I actually kind of would work. I don't think we've ever seen... I mean, I shouldn't say that. We, I think the ISB in, in uh, Andor, we saw in white uniforms, but typically they're in you know more grayish and darkish colors. So. Yes. But we so, have yes. a trailer for Ahsoka. We do have a trailer. So we're oh. going to do this in live action real time yes so i will actually i'm going to put this in our outline right now so that i remember to actually link this in the in the show notes but it will be in the show notes so you can click on that and uh get it all to zeros and we'll count down we'll all watch this together as a group Uh, as as a family indeed indeed all right so here we go uh in three two one play ah some sort of temple or ruin temple ruin something dark is coming i love this I, oh yeah I that love was the, cool the the lightsaber twist cut your hole and then fall down into the uh underground which tomb. actually didn't luke do that in the in one of those book series he might have oh sabine oh yeah which means i gotta get through rebels Hera. before this there's Hera. Chopper. Played, played by Elizabeth, uh, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I'm kind of wondering if that's Mara Jade. I don't know. Maybe. She hasn't been identified, so. Sabine and Ahsoka. Hey, there's Mon Mothma again. Yep. Hasn't aged a day. Oh. There he is. Thrawn's return as... As... As heir to the empire. She said the thing. She said the thing. Bam. I want to know who this dude is. That guy. Empire George Clooney. He reminds me, like I sent you the picture, but he looks an awful lot like this major Sith Lord from the old Republic. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if he is him or not. Or I've heard uh, rumors. Oh, there we go. Jedi outcast rebel and Jedi. Phenomenal. Perhaps it is time to begin again. Ladies and but gentlemen, that is how you do a trailer. That that was a darn impressive trailer, if I do say so myself. August, coming in August, on the blues. That's Thank two you. things I can look forward to in August now. Nice, nice. Got my, well, I mean, other than family time, but I got a good concert to go to and I got a, a soaker nice. to watch. Life is good. Life is Uh, good. To to close my uh, close the loop on that thought I had about that other uh, evil Jedi looking dude. Um, But uh, wondering if he will be kind of the Joris Sabath uh, character from Heir to the Empire. Um, I could see that either either him in person or as as a clone. So 
Oh, you see, Jarus Sabath. Yes, Jarus Sabath. Jeez, can't have enough quotes in that name. So yeah, enough use. Oh, I, I, I got to tell you, but dude, as saw as soon as I saw the back of of Thrawn, I'm like, finally. Yes. (laughs) Yep. Been waiting for this forever. I, I still contend. I don't remember if I said this a few episodes ago, but I let's assume I have. I still contend. Um. That I think uh, the the end of uh, Mando season three is going to be a a face view of of Thrawn. Like we are going to see Thrawn, and it's going to be the tease to whet the appetite to get us all teed up for August. So it would make sense because they they did that with Boba Fett. Yep. As a springboard, I mean, it makes yep. sense to spin stuff off of Mando because even, as much as people aren't excited, weren't necessarily joyful about book of boba fett yeah still pretty successful and the character came out of you know they spun it out of mando and of course they also used then they turned around it was like a spinoff of a spinoff because then they used mm-hmm. mid-season book of boba fett to spin you into season three of of mando which i was like okay that's kind of brilliant yeah so it totally yep. makes sense to have you know especially where ahsoka has appeared in mando totally makes sense for her to show up again or for characters from that universe to kind of show up Mm -hmm. oh i'd be totally into that i mean we've we've only got two more episodes here of mando which which hurts because i have been digging the hell out of this season and once again i have no idea what 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 the fan base is complaining about i i i'm i'm are people complaining about mando season three really oh yeah of too, well, too, yeah. too much focus on Bo-Katan, not enough focus Ugh. on Mando, Grogu, this. I mean, it's just like, you know Once what? Once Star I Wars fans, it. you can't please them. I scroll past it. I just, I take it in. I enjoy it. I enjoyed Jack Black and Lizzo. I enjoyed Christopher Lloyd. I enjoyed that they had a little mini mystery. Guess what? That's what the video games are like. That last episode we just saw where they went on a little mission to fix the droid thing. That's exactly what Star Wars The Old Republic is like. So if you want to go play a video game, guess what? That's what it is. So don't complain about it. One in season one was like that. Absolutely. There was a little Absolutely. side quest that happened during season one and season two. Like but, that has been this show. But this one felt really li- like when I watch it, I'm like, okay, this feels like when I go down in my basement and play <laughs> Star Wars Old Republic. I'm like, that's what it feels like. You know, like I, I agree with you. I, they, they've done it as well in season one, but it just it, it always felt like those stories were a little more like even though they were side quests, they were still germane to what he was doing. And this was just literally a side quest to just get them access to the Mandalorians. And so the um, damn Germans ain't got nothing to do with it. <laughs> Oh, I just started watching Smoking the Bandit this past weekend because oh, it, was, it was, came up on like one of the streaming services. I'm like, well, I've got to watch at least a few minutes of this. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm I am I'm very very excited for for this series. Um, oh yeah, a lot of uh, so so for for the listeners, if you go back and watch it, and if you go back, uh, what episode are we in in Mando? Or is it six or seven? I don't. Remember. I believe we're in seven, and we seven. Have, okay. Oh no, it's, we we're we're coming up on seven, and then eight because it's only eight episodes. So Picard is nine episodes. I keep for I keep getting those mixed up so right. mando's eight season eight eight episodes per season so yeah we just had episode six so we got seven and eight co- coming up in the next week week two I weeks here i see okay but um but i think it was one or two 
episodes from where we are right now, we had Zeb, who mm-hmm. was in Rebels, and now yep. uh, it, it, there's going to be heavy Rebel. It, it seems like this is also, even though it's Ahsoka, it's kind of like the live action like Rebel show. Oh, totally. And yeah. which makes sense because you know, I, I as as what led to all of this in, in Mando season two. Ahsoka is, is journeying to find Ezra Bridger, or at least that's the the kind of presumption we made when when she uh, uttered the line, where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? Mm. Um, because where Thrawn is, Ezra should also be, given what, what happened uh, at the end of Rebels. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so it'll be interesting to see what you know, how that all kind of comes together. And, uh, it's, it's exciting to see, um, this, this is, this is good stuff. And, 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 you know, I, I'm also happy just to see Star Wars going in this direction. Like Mando has been great. You know, it feels like it's time though, to kind of explore beyond it, you know, and, and, you know, Book of Boba Fett, I, I liked it as well. I thought it was a good, you know, I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I, I like the way they told the story, and I'm very excited to see uh, where they take the story and how they start planting the seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, for uh, I did read some articles that that hinted at this may all like kind of the feeling I'm getting from articles I'm reading and what what we're seeing here with the shows is that very indirectly or or very you know in in, in a very subtle way. They are essentially doing, I think, their version of the Infinity Saga, where they're they're building up these stories from different threads, and they're all going to at some point intertwine. and And what I read was that there's going to be an heir to the Empire movie hmm. that I think they're going to bring all this together. and And I don't know if it's going to be directly off of the novel or if it's just going to be kind of a, you know, them pulling nuggets out of you know the 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 trilogy, the original trilogy or sorry, original Thrawn trilogy of books. But um, but that has me excited. Well, it would, it would kind of make sense because obviously you are you don't have access right now to like Han, Luke, right. Leia. I mean, right. especially Leia, of course. I mean, you could recast and we've seen Mark Hamill willing to come back and, and do this. But I also wonder, yeah. wonder how effective is that? You know, to, mm-hmm. to try and pull that off through a movie or anything like that? Or are you now introducing the Rebels characters to give you those those characters to kind of play their part in some of this? And maybe Ahsoka replaces right. Luke in this story and, and right. maybe Hera and the and they're replacing, you know, Han and all. I mean, I'd be up for that. Sure. Why not reinterpret it? Like, do it completely different. I'm I'm fine with that. Like, the main thing is I want Luke Skywalker to get his damn cocoa. Oh God, that cocoa! I want him to get oh his cocoa, gosh. his hot chocolate. All right, <sighs> that was that was just one of those things where I re- I'm reading it and I'm like, you got to be kidding me with this. Also, I hope we have Luke. I hope we don't. <laughs> I hope we don't. <laughs> Uncle Todd's a big fan of Luke's clone, so nope, no, no. I'm I'm not, I'm not done with a problem with the with the clone. I just I hate how the fact that we have that the way that you distinguish a clone from the real person is just you have they have to have a U in their name and then you add a second U. Like yes. everyone turns into a vacuum cleaner, you know, that sort of thing. Kind of makes you wonder why they just didn't call him like, you know, clone number one, you know? Like 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 why call him Luke? Because it's not sci fi enough. I don't know. I don't know. Call him death from above. But anyways, Ahsoka, two thumbs up. Way up. Way up. 
so far. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then just a, a couple other, you know, uh, just announcements that, that are, were of interest. Uh, the Acolyte, uh, which will be the first live action series uh, based Damn. in... Oh, wait, yes. wrong, wrong oh, Acolyte. Cue, yeah, cue the music. Come on. You know, <laughs> bam, 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 bam. Wouldn't that be great if they just they, they got Ron Simmons like there's some like we find out like one of the Star Wars people is a huge WWE fan. And so just you have this acolyte thing going on and just like Ron walking in the background. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be yeah. Great. Or, you know, to end one of the episodes, they, they they reveal some twisty plot thing or something. And he walks up with a just this hooded figure walks up. He pulls the hood back and just looks at the camera. Damn. That would be perfect. <laughs> it would amuse us. No one else. But it would just amuse us. <laughs> Be like, who is that guy? Is he, you know, the, if you want to confuse the Star Wars fan base, bring in Ron Simmons in a hood and <laughs> yeah. <do that. laughs> like, what? Who is that? And why did he say that? There must yeah. be a deeper meaning. <laughs> nope, there oh, is. That's just what Ron does, folks. <laughs> no, nope, that's it. Uh, uh, but yeah, it'll be based in the um, based in the High Republic era, uh, which they're. Um, like right now there's actually i believe some novels that have come out um based in that timeline or in that time frame um but this show will take place around 100 years before phantom menace and we will learn how the sith began to infiltrate the republic so that is uh that's exciting it's exciting Let's hope it's a little more than a little more interesting than tariffs and trade guilds yeah, Uncle Todd's not going to let me live that one down. Went to the uh, midnight showing of Phantom Menace, and uh, the next day he's like, I can't believe I went to a movie at midnight and it was about a trade dispute. Yeah. It's like, what have you done to me? It's not even not even like a decent history class. It was like oh, sci-fi wow. history. Yes, yes. Uh, we also had three uh, Star Wars movies announced. Uh, yes. Dave Filoni and and company uh, announced a few. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy and a few others announced some exciting news. Uh, there's going to be one called Dawn of the Jedi. Um, James Mangold is going to be directing it, and it will be uh, based in an era that happened 25,000 years before the Skywalker saga. Um, and somehow will, Skywalker will still be in it. Yes. The <laughs> Walker to Sky or something oh like that. But, um, but it will tell stories of the first Jedi, and it's an unexplored period in time. So uh, the idea is the possibilities will be endless. Um hmm. Let's see. Dave Filoni will be in charge of culminating stories of series like The Mandalorian, Ahsoka, and The Book of Boba Fett with one movie that will feature a big and epic battle. I believe this is the rumored heir to the Empire movie. All in uh, favor. We already talked. What's that? All in favor. All in favor. Yeah. And then, in a big surprise, Daisy Ridley is coming back. Yes. Ray is returning. <laughs> Which is another... Re- I'm sure there's plenty of Star Wars fans who are upset about that. I yeah. always, I always enjoyed her... Uh, I always enjoyed Ray as a character. I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed Daisy Ridley as an actor. Yeah. And I think that much like a lot of the characters and actors in that post wheel trilogy, they got done no favors by the direction, lack of direction and lack of, you know, just any kind of consistency yeah. uh, throughout yeah. those movies. So I'm all for it. If they, as long as they, as long as they're able to straighten that out, straighten everything out and make it yeah. coherent. And then maybe, you know, you can't really get rid of any of it, but if they can make it look a little bit better in yep. in, in hindsight, I'm happy. I'm happy. 
And uh, basically, it'll be uh, built around her creating a new Jedi Order 15 years after the events of Rise of Skywalker. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's great to hear that they're just going with single standalone movies, not going in with the presumption of a trilogy. Um, you know, what I kind of hope happens, especially in, in the context of the Filoni movie, is I hope it really blows people away and then people want more. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so if they do it right and, you know, they're going to be thinking about this, like Dawn of the Jedi, oh, that's when you could maybe do, you know, several movies off of if you do it right. The Daisy Ridley one, I don't know about that, but the Filoni one, if it's truly something like Heir to the Empire, I hope they pace it the right way so they could do a second or potentially a third if it's good. But I'm glad they're just doing one and they're just going to, um, you know, kind of see see where that goes. But yeah. That's going to be like their uh, Avengers Endgame, basically. So um, Kind of, yeah. I mean, actually, th- I'd say it's more like the first or second Avengers movie because Endgame okay. really had so much buildup. And this is kind of their first attempt at doing anything like this. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, cause, yeah. uh, I mean it's, it's a lot to pull together and it's a lot to keep straight and a yeah. lot to retrofit because essentially you're pulling Rebels, Mando, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka... I mean, that's that's a lot of stuff to kind of pull together and get going in one direction, yeah. especially considering like Mandalorians were never mentioned in Heir to the Empire. Yep. Nada. So yep. how are you going to massage this material? It will be very interesting, but it will. Um, I am all in. They uh, little news about Skeleton Crew. That's co- uh, another show that's going to be coming out. Um, <laughs> Tales of the Jedi second season uh, and or season two. Um, so this one here real quick. Uh, uh, so second season will last 12 episodes. Every three episodes, a time skip of one year will happen and the series will conclude right after Rogue One. Oh, interesting. So that is very interesting. Right, right after or right before? It says right after Rogue One, which I, makes me wonder if we see kind of the, you know, memorial service, if you will, for, for Andor because of how Rogue One ends. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because, I mean, really, Rogue One takes you right to the beginning of episode four. Yes. Yep. So, I mean, there's like almost no time in between those. It makes it kind of leads me to believe, like, when are you even going to mourn the dead at that point? Right. Yeah. So yeah. that'll be interesting. It will be interesting. So, all right. Anything else, sir, you want me to pull from this? Uh, no, turn I... the Jedi back in cinemas for the 40 year anniversary. That's right. That's the end of this month, isn't it? Yeah, phase three of the uh, High Republic book series I was talking about, Star Wars Visions Volume 2. Ooh, Bad Batch, final season. I have fallen so far behind on Bad Batch. Yeah, just I have too. Trying to keep up on Mando and Picard has been a full-time job for me, along with just not going insane. Yep. So, yeah. And then it looks like the 2025 Star Wars celebration will be in Japan. So, Oh, boy. Jimmy Dice got to go make sure he's... Keeps his passport updated for <laughs> that. Re, re-up the passport, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to be saving some shekels for that one because that's a haul. I don't think he's doing the 72-hour uh, hard and fast. So yeah, That's just a flight. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we got on uh, Star Wars Celebration. A lot of exciting stuff. And, uh, yeah, that, my friends, is a Star Wars-centric week in geek. Well, thank you once again to the man they call Tim for hey. diving into the minutia of the internet, for for wading through the, the piranha-filled waters of the interwebs and, and mm-hmm. pulling forth 
I don't know, some stuff. Um, but thank you for doing that. And uh, always fun to talk some Star Wars. But now we're going to get into we're going to get into some serious business uh, where everybody agrees. Uh, <laughs> the professional business. wrestling the business of the business. Yeah. Giving them the business. Uh, so we're going to be dealing uh, with our third region of our <laughs> March Madness. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, turn into more of the NBA playoffs. We'll be done June sometimes. So. Yeah, we had some rest days in there. So, <laughs> But we're in a third uh, division, which is the aughts, the 2000s. So mm-hmm. from, what are we calling this, like 2000 to 2009? Are we 2001 to 2010? How 2001 you... to 2010. Okay, that actually makes some sense. Um, as much sense as anything that we do, quite honestly. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, so we are dealing with some some luminaries. We are also dealing with, an, quite honestly, right up front, we are dealing with a period of time where I don't think either one of us was watching, I certainly wasn't watching wrestling on any kind of a regular basis. I was totally out at this point. I was not mm. even vaguely paying attention to wrestling. Right. So All I don't right. know where you were at. So this is a this is a, like I'm I'm flying was, an airplane blind at this point. I was watching the shows. I ah. wasn't watching the pay-per-views. And I probably wouldn't be watching the pay-per-views now if not for streaming. Um, because I just, just didn't, you know, when this was back during the time when we still had cable, cable boxes. Mm. Yep. And uh, I just never really had a a desire to, you know, once I, I, ironically, during the time when I had the least amount of money is when I got the pay-per-view. So, well... <laughs> Well, because you saved on the pizza because we got the Papa John's. Oh, that's right. That's right. But uh, no, I, I just I, I didn't have the itch to, to do the pay-per-views. I was pretty content with Raw and SmackDown. And uh, that was pretty much my wrestling view. But I I watched for most of the 2000s. And then I, that's when I started to drift away a little bit. It, it started to lose. You know, the stories weren't compelling. I, I really wasn't. You know, kind of towards the end of the 2000s when I started to drift and I, it was more of watching from the periphery. Um, I was, you know, just uh, monitoring on the Internet. And then, you know, when NXT started up in, you know, the early 2010s, that NXT is what kind of pulled me back because it was really reminding mm. me of that 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 time, like in the 90s with ECW and with WCW and, and that sort of thing. And so. Uh, so, yeah. So the, but the 2000s were. We're, we're really a time when wrestling went into some uncharted waters. Uh, WCW and ECW both folded in, in, you know, really the first quarter of 2001, and it left WWE as the sole brand for sports entertainment. Uh, Stone Cold and The Rock would, would wrestle in the early part of the decade, but quite honestly, by 2004-ish, we'll, mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll look at that when, we're, when we go through the names, but it was kind of like almost like by the mid part of the decade, Stone Cold retired and Rock was off to Hollywood. And so I thought it was uh, like 2000 rock made it a little bit longer than Austin. Didn't he? I, well, let's check it out. I, I'm pretty sure by 0405, he, he was on a much reduced schedule. If oh, yeah. not done because he, he, his, his movie career was taken off big time. So, yeah. um, but ECW and WCW talent folded into WWE. Um, and then we saw a reboot of ECW under under the WWE banner in the mid two thousands. Um, we also saw the independent wrestling scene heat up with Ring of Honor and uh, the Jeff and Jerry Jarrett, or as I call it, Triple J, uh, created non total nonstop action uh, uh, impact in the in the mid two thousands. Um, but 
really, uh, the independent scene would really end up defining what we're going to talk about in our next episode, which is the 2010s, because all of the stars of that decade really kind of came out of this era. Mm. Um, this is when Kevin Owens was coming up. This is when Sami Zayn is coming up. Samoa Joe, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, or Brian Danielson, depending on what day it is. Uh, Seth Rollins. Um, so just just a lot, a lot of talent was, was really... Um, kind of growing during this time. Um, mm. And so therefore, a lot of those names are left out in the cold. So there is no, CM Punk debuted about mid-2000, but when when you consider breadth of work and, and major impact, it really wasn't until the 2010s, you know, early 2010s that, that he, he made the biggest, biggest, uh, biggest splash. Um, he, he had a good career, but you know, again, we're, we're trying to measure, you know, uh, a, a limited number of superstars and, and what they did and, and their impact on that decade. And so, uh, you know, him, Daniel Bryant, Kofi Kingston, Bill Goldberg, Trish Stratus, Lita, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Bubba and Devon Dudley, Diamond Dallas Page, Umaga. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page, I, I pulled in because he was involved in the early 2000s with, with The Undertaker. Um, yeah, but, but that was such a weird angle. It, like It, it was. It, that it was, was not totally like... Like, that was another one of those like, hey, let's embarrass the guy who worked for the competition angle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Umaga, uh, who, who was just kind of a strange phenomenon that happened, but was I mean, he was pushed to the moon, and he was actually kind of an interesting character, but just very unconventional and, and very mm. different. Uh, Shelton Benjamin, Bobby Lashley, uh, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes. This is when he would be growing, and when he would be, uh, you know, basically as as a rookie growing, um, you know, through the business and. Uh, and, you know, trying to trying to cut his teeth and, and, and become something. And he went through a lot of iterations uh, during that time. Uh, the Miz, John Morrison, Taz. This one hurt. I really wanted to get Taz in here, but mm. I, it was with, with all the big names. It's just it's really hard to get everyone. So well, the thing is, his his impact in WWF was WWF, WWE is negligible. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's it's too bad, really, that, you know. They didn't well, know how to use him necessarily, and then eventually he just yeah. he just broke down. Yeah, I mean he, he he was a lot like Vader or like Yokozuna. He he had a he had an early you know jump where you know he he debuted against Kurt Angle in in a very very and we should post this in the show notes if you ever want to see a crazy good debut. Oh yeah, as in the in Madison Square Garden against Kurt Angle was just incredible. Um, I mean, the crowd was just so into it and, and, you know, there were rumors, I mean, this is when wrestling was super fun when you were wondering, you know, if a guy was going to debut from another organization or not, but Taz has the distinction of wrestling, uh, uh, on, on one night he, he wrestles and defeats Mike Awesome, um, who was ECW champion, yes. de- defected, went to WCW, and they needed to get the belt off of him. They went to Taz. Vince basically loaned Taz to ECW. He wins the ECW World Championship, and then like one or two nights later goes on SmackDown Live as the ECW champion and wrestles Triple H for the WWF Championship, Yeah, which was just the coolest thing to see him walk down with that belt. <laughs> Well, it's it's amazing because it is one of those things that will never happen again. It's like yeah. you know yeah. a, a WCW contracted wrestler fighting a WWF contracted wrestler in an ECW event for the yes. ECW championship. Yes, like yeah. that set of circumstances is so stupidly specific. You know, it is. It and is. It's like it's one of those things like you just don't believe it happened. Sort of like I didn't realize this happened. Here's something that there was actually a battle in World War II. Mm. where Germans and Americans fought together. Really? 
Oh, I would I have to. Aware. I'll have to look it up and and get the specifics. But I know that it happened. I and I I heard I, I I saw it and I'm like, how is that not a movie? And then of course yeah. I went through and I'm like, oh, and the the story has been optioned for a movie and it's just sitting in you know development hell. But yeah, I was like, yeah. dear God, how is that not a movie? Like, yeah, I, who who wouldn't want to be like, okay, I gotta see how what happened to make this a thing yeah you know yeah. but yeah it's one of those things like it's one of those weird little wrinkles in history where you're like okay well it's definitely not going to happen again and yeah it's so so odd that you're like oh huh interesting yeah but yeah then to, then to have him go fight triple h who was yeah. interesting because there was a there was a point in time when stuff like that would happen on the shows and you would actually wonder if something was going to happen mm-hmm. like i remember there was that time when uh when taka michinoku yeah, wrestled Triple H for the championship. Yes, yeah. And I was watching it, and I'm like, I actually think he might have a chance at winning. Like, this yeah. is like way too competitive. What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like are they are they deciding to go in a completely different direction here? Yeah, and of course there, he didn't. But there there was a lot of really really interesting things that happened in like 99 through like 0102 mm. with wrestling that was just you never thought you'd see yeah and 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 that yeah that, that's a great example of one taz is another shane mcmahon showing up on wcw tv was another um yeah. but yep. uh but to finish out our list uh Dolph oh, yeah. ziggler uh big papa pump scott steiner samoa joe aj styles bobby Roode, james storm and raven uh the the last uh five names raven had a stint in wwe he also was one of the first to start in uh, tna impact uh with samoa joe uh, aj styles bobby Roode, and james storm they, they are kind of four of the are you talking the big about Lance storm no, James Storm. He, he was called uh, not the Wildcat. He was called. Um, I, I loved his entrance song. I, he he was in TNA only. I think he oh, debuted okay. once in NXT, but they never they didn't pick up you know a contract with him. But huh. um, but his 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 uh, theme music would I think it was just called the Cowboy James Storm. But his theme music would start. Sorry about your damn luck. <laughs> <laughs> I love the beginning of that song. All right, I'm gonna have to look that up. <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, so that's who we've had to leave out. The folks that we have included, uh, which is quite a list. Uh, so we got 20, uh, 25, 25 here. Uh, so we're gonna go. Uh, not surprisingly, uh, the the Undertaker, of course, uh, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, once again, Kane, or as I like to call him, Isaac Yankum 2.0, uh, Shawn Michaels, Jeff Hardy. Uh, Jeff Hardy, we're including here. He, he had a, some, a run of significance, uh, you know, toward sounding like uh, the emperor there, someone of significance yeah, uh, and infamy as well. And infamy, uh, triple H, Randy Orton, uh, John Cena, Ray Mysterio, Chris Jericho, edge, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, Batista, Mick Foley, the big show, Booker T, Rob Van Dam, Christian, Matt Hardy, Mark Henry, Brock Lesnar, Taz, and JBL. Wait, you said you didn't include Taz. Oh, looks like I included Taz. Never mind. I guess I should take him off. <laughs> uh, yeah, he made it. Oh, folks, let me tell you. <laughs> it's been, been a day. It's been a, this today has been one hell of a week for the man they call Tim. 
so God. and and unfortunately i wish i could have helped out with this but he, but tim is the man who runs oh. the brackets for this oh. he, this is his baby so i didn't want i did not want to interfere i didn't even know Folks, i i could help and interfere i set the bracket up last night and then i realized there were some names like jbl like taz like a few others that i i went back and forth on finally included them didn't make a copy for for poor Uncle Todd, and so he goes and fills out an older version of the bracket. I'm just like, what? I is felt wrong good about it too. I, I went through, I did some oh. research and all that, and now all of that out the window. And I'm I'm so sorry, flying so by sorry. the seat of my BVDs right you, now. So we'll are. see. Well, you and me both, because I didn't fill it out either. So well, yeah, but you got a lot more knowledge on this. I got to try and remember all the Wikipedia crap I just read like this afternoon, and we know how that works. I, I barely remember I... what I had for lunch today. <laughs> I didn't drop any names out. I think I, I think it was just purely additive changes. Uh, well, which still, made... but I trying to keep all that straight. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I got three brain cells left, and they're all fighting. Drink more seltzer. You'll be good. You'll be good. <sighs> all right. All right. Are you ready, sir? Uh, not really, but hey, let's kick this pig into, <laughs> pick into all gear. All right. Here we go. Uh, so this is going to be the play-in bracket, which is <laughs> which is comprised of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, <sighs> 15, 16. Oh, my God. 18 names in the play-in bracket, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> because ever since when Tim thought this, each one of these were going to be a 64-person bracket, he's just, try, just trying to keep bumping them up like every oh, yeah. time. Our worked. first bracket was actually a regular bracket. And ever since then, just mayhem, ladies and gentlemen. I know. It's it, it's it's hard, you know? The, it, it's, it's a hard it, time trying to whittle these down. It's I'm a telling hard you. decision. It's so. a hard time. You're plumber thun. You know, sometimes you just don't know where the poo is spewing out. Oh, That's good called. Lord. Oh, sorry. I <laughs> took the plumber's thing there and went like it was a left turn there. Anyways. All right. So our first uh, play-in round match is John Cena versus JBL. John uh, yes. Cena versus JBL. So John Cena debuts in 2002 as the doctor of thugonomics and is really credited with... Um, you know, really kind of kicking off what was referred to as the ruthless aggression era of WWE. This is the transition from the attitude era uh, of the late nineties into something new. And uh, you know, really he, he was quite an interesting character um, coming down to the ring and just freestyling on his opponent. And in, in a way that was probably not the most family friendly sort of thing, but no, no, a lot of that is not replayed heavily on no WWE networks stuff. No, not at all. But, it did help to establish him. Um, you know, he, he would come down in, uh, you know, his, his garb would either be, I, I think when he was a heel, he would come down in garb that was either for like the, uh, the sports team that was like the antithesis of where they were. Oh yeah. Total um, cheap heat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it, but, he, but he had a run through, uh, through the two thousands, uh, really became, uh, or became known as the face that runs the place because he, he became WWE champion in, uh, I think in 2005 or 2000, yeah, 2004, 2005. And then he didn't really look back from there. I mean, he, mm. he was us champion, uh, for a period in like Oh three Oh four. Um, but then WWE champion and, and really had a very memorable, uh, feud and match with John Bradshaw Layfield where he defeated him. Um, Oh, ironically, uh, you know who he's up against. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but that really established him as the champ and and really the world title just kind of orbits around him um after that you know he he loses it and win, you know and wins it back but all in all he is he is the man um he had memorable feuds with edge um you know fought uh let's see we had jbl edge I'm just trying to find a couple of their names here as I do this in real time. Well, he had a couple of reigns in the in the 2000s. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and he had several were, reigns. He had several like, reigns. And they were, I mean, it looks like he held the belt for quite a while both yep. of the times. Yep. Uh, yeah. Rob Van Dam was another one. Uh, Sean, let me see. And also is one of those guys who he has he almost created a new subset of heat mm-hmm. because the even when he was on top, there was a lot of Cena sucks. Yeah. chance and i yeah. love how he, when he had the match against austin theory at mania they were doing the you know let's go cena cena sucks back and forth like and it's almost like kurt angle now like it's yeah. it's transcended this point when when kurt angle comes out with his music and everyone chants you suck it's in a loving sort of way and even he gets a kick out of it like he's like mm-hmm. i can't believe I, I won a fracking gold medal and this is my legacy people chanting you suck in time to my entrance music <laughs> it's a weird old world ain't it it is it is but uh but yeah that's that's kind of where where he land I, I mean i'm not going to go through and do all of the the yes uh, please oh, we don't randy we orton was the other one i just want to mention can't do randy another orton. five hour show we no. just can't no so yeah just just had and, and again you know just to remind folks what we're looking at is impact across the decade and cena has has a resume and then some uh on the yeah. other hand we have jbl uh and sorry I, i'm kind of running ahead here did you want to say anything no, else about no cena? keep okay. on going keep on all trucking right. sir all right, so JBL, uh, he he enters into the 2000s uh, still as part of the APA with Ron Simmons. He then uh, goes into singles competition. And becomes um, Boss Hog, apparently. I don't yeah. know how this worked, but... <laughs> yeah, there, there's an APA reunion, but then um, I, I believe, uh, let's see, uh, yeah, Farouk disbanded the APA, leaves, Bradshaw turns heel. Uh, he becomes like this this millionaire J.R. Ewing kind of character called JBL. Actually, yeah, J.R. Ewing is a much better way to putting it. Yeah, yeah, and and was fantastic. I mean, he he was just this obnoxious, obnoxious heel. He went on to he held the WWE Championship for over a year, I believe. Yeah, it was um, it was very much like a Bob Backlund esque run, though. It's yes. one of those things like he yeah. got it because well, who else we got? <laughs> right, right, and and that's the thing. When I say we were in uncharted waters this decade, there, uh, you know, Cena was kind of uh, was an up and comer. It wasn't until Cena takes, you know, beats him for the title and really shines as kind of a franchise player now, like Hogan and Austin, you know, and and others, where. Um, it, it, like that first part of the decade, it was kind of empty, you know, like there, there, there were a lot of great wrestlers, but there wasn't a standout that was like, yeah, he, he's the guy, he's the yeah. franchise. Well, and it was, and he made a good guy to chase because it, yes. if you, if you got, if you don't really have any of those like strong, like a Hogan character or rock or whatever, it's always good to have, have just a baddie that everyone's sort of like dislikes, yeah, but can get heat and everyone can chase him. Yep. You know, yep. and that, that just makes things more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So by the time 2005 rolls around, he's mainly uh, fighting for the U.S. championship. He's he's lost to Cena. Cena is now running with the world title. Becomes a commentator, part-time wrestler from 06 to 08. Um, during the ECW kind of reboot, I think he was one of the guys that was stoking the fires of, you know, WWE versus ECW and stuff and like that. beat the hell out of the blue meanie at one, <laughs> one I think point. so, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see what else. Intercontinental champion in 08, uh, somewhere between 08 and 2010. Intercontinental champion, and, he, and then he retires. Um, uh, basically, let's see. Uh, where is it? I don't see. know. Uh, sorry, I'm just looking for a year. I, I think it was in 2010 that that he um, that that he finally retired. So, kind of a strong start to the decade for him. And then he just kind of were, and, and understandably so. And maybe looking back, this is what they were doing the whole time. But built up a really good, you know, character as a heel champion, and then you know, really elevated Cena when they fought, and and allowed Cena to kind of take off with it, and then kind of ramped down his career from there. You know, he he held some secondary titles started being a commentator and then just kind of rode off into the sunset. So, uh, so sir, uh, JBL or John Cena, who, who are you advancing? Got to go with the doctor of thugonomics here. Uh, I John am, Cena. I am inclined to agree with you, sir. I'm inclined to agree with you. So we will move John Cena forward in the first round of the play in into the actual 16 man bracket. Um, Oh God, the seltzer <laughs> <laughs> just creeps up on you. <laughs> Had enough cells so they actually belched up a deviled egg that he had last week. Oh, no lie. No lie. All right. Uh, next round, uh, The Rock and Mark Henry. And this is interesting uh, because of what really? we talked about before. Because The Rock, let me see if I can. Uh, yeah, he wasn't around very, very long. But I mean, it's, you know, he's still The Rock. So it's like he, there's still a certain cachet. I'm pretty sure he still held the championship at one point because he had the big gold belt at one point. He did have a – yeah, so he did hold the world title in the early 2000s, and he was a strongly booked champion. However, uh, as I mentioned, he may have – let's see. Uh, sorry, I'm just kind of skipping through here. He had – yeah, he departed by 04. He mm -hmm. was out by 04. So, um, so really 01 to 03 – uh, was when he um, reigned as champion. So, in you know, kind of in a way, Rock and Austin were still around in that early part. So maybe they were just kind of the franchise during that time. And I just totally forgot about that. But well, they, I think Rock was was pretty strong, but Austin really wasn't near the the title at that point. I think he was he was yeah. he was very much not a real competitor. Like he came out and he would kick someone's butt, but he wasn't out there taking bumps. Yep. very much i think this was yep. the point when it was like he's he's punched most of the holes on his bump card yeah 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 because because he and austin were pretty involved in the wcw versus wwe thing that they were doing yeah. um but Austin was mostly a figurehead and at one point didn't they have like the, the gimmick with him was like he couldn't physically he couldn't get physical with a wrestler unless they attacked him first so he had to like try yep. and goad people into hitting him so that he could hit them right that sort right. of thing which yeah. i mean is like one of those like dead giveaway like we're trying to make sure you don't hurt yourself yeah sort of yep. things yeah yeah and then yeah stone cold retired in 03 after wrestlemania 19 and that was that great match between him and rock where he puts rock over mm. but then rock yeah it's not too much it's not too long after that that the rock uh um you know, really, you know, wraps up his career. So, well, and then he comes um, back for Cena. I think that's not till 2011. Yeah. So, I mean, that, yeah, it, it kicks it into the next decade. Right. So, so, and then Mark Henry, on the other hand, is, is a different story because he's, you know, throughout the late 90s, he's building up, you know, you know, his, his um, skill as a wrestler and finding his voice as an entertainer. And uh, really, um, when he comes back in 02, he's on the SmackDown brand you know, uh, has, um, feuds with Chris Jericho and Christian, um, feuds with, uh, let me see who else. 
But he didn't. It wasn't. It was he. It was into the 2010s when he had his actual world title run. Correct. No, it was. It was the late. So he was ECW champion from 07 to 09. Well, yeah, uh, was when wasn't? he was heavily I mean, involved in ECW. Then he was a tag team champion in 09 and 10. Yeah, you're absolutely right. World heavyweight champion doesn't happen until the eh? 2010s. See, so. some of that stuck from earlier today. I did. I remembered that. I yield to you as Sherpa. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't, folks. We're going over the cliff. Exactly. That's what's <laughs> happening right there. <laughs> so, yeah. So Mark Henry, um, you know, really, uh, you know, kind of finding his his rhythm and his vibe and and getting comfortable as, uh, you, you know, really a character, um, you know, through, you know, middle through the uh, through the end of the decade. And so. Uh, so yeah, so so really kind of rose to prominence and 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 really went from being kind of a side gag, you know, hey, this guy was an Olympian trying out, you know, doing wrestling to really becoming um, you know, someone who who was relied upon, you know, for for, you know, producing some some good big man matches and that sort of thing. And so uh so yeah. So uh what say you, sir, The Rock or Mark Henry? Um I mean, the thing is, Mark Henry definitely gets slow and steady throughout the whole decade. He's he's mm-hmm. active for most of the decade. He's there. He's in the mix. He's doing things. But it's one of those. It's the it's the Hendrix versus you know like, I guess Clapton argument. Mm-hmm. Rock is still rock, and I'll take three or four years uh, or four or five years of Rocky over eight years of Mark Henry having some decent feuds and middling, but it wasn't until really the next decade when he would finally get that push to become the big thing that they kind of thought he would be. So Mm -hmm. I'm going with the rock here, even though, I mean, so I'm like total amateur hour power lifter. Have you, did you look at the powerlifting section of Mark Henry's Wikipedia? I had to skip by it to talk about what I just talked about. (laughs) Okay. Personal powerlifting records that he holds. Yes. Squat. Nine hundred and fifty-three and a half pounds. That's crazy. Deadlift nine hundred and three point nine pounds. Holy moly! Both of those are records. Powerlifting total two thousand three hundred and thirty-six point nine pounds. And that was that was his. Apparently, that was his his record squat, plus uh, a five hundred and eighteen pound bench press. Mm-hmm. Plus an 865 pound deadlift. Yeah. Kiss my grits. Yeah. That's a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. But that has nothing to do with professional wrestling. Uh, rock goes over in this one for me because I'll take I'll take the big five years over a consistent eight of like mm-hmm. middle to upper middle card. Yeah. Rock is still the rock. You and I mean you kind of have to hand that to him. Yep. No, How I about agree. you, sir? Uh, I'm going to go with you on that. The Rock, I mean, I, when you come to longevity, you know, Mark Henry gets the nod for the time. I don't know that it's as impactful, though. You know, no. do, do, you, do you take four years or, or three years of Red Hot Rock, you know, who has just, you know, amazing matches with everyone, Hogan, Austin. I mean, there isn't anyone. And, and then just as an amazing heel. I mean, he was doing some of his best promo work during this time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, stack that up to Mark Henry, who, you know, was working his way up. I mean, we'll have a different conversation about Mark Henry when it comes to the 2010s, though, because he he makes a pretty, 
pretty big impression. Um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in that early time when he holds the world heavyweight championship, I mean, he, he brings an entire concept called the hall of pain, you know, to, to bear on in, in WWE and, and it is phenomenal. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he just, he was just a great monster, but that was, that, that was not this decade, unfortunately. So no, it was not. So, uh, so the rocket is all right. Uh, next one, Jeff Hardy and Kane. So Jeff Hardy's interesting, um, because he, had a run, um, you know, of, of course, with uh, Edge Christian and the Dudleys uh, doing the TLC matches, which were just iconic and uh, and, and really broke the mold um, and, and set the bar at, at a very high level, you know, for for years to come in terms of, of entertainment and really just ladder matches as, as a whole. Um, the, the, those three teams just did some amazing, amazing stuff. Um, but yeah, so Jeff had a run as Intercontinental European Champion. He left WWE in 03. He went to total nonstop action wrestling from 04 to 06, um, where he was uh, the, uh, what was he called? The, uh, the Enigma. Is the that... Charismatic Enigma yes. is what they called him. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to see. I don't think he held the world title during this time, though. I think he competed for it, but he did not win it. Yeah, and that was also when he – wasn't that dur- during the time when he basically – they shoved him out through the curtain to wrestle Sting, and he was in no con- – he barely could stand. Is Sadly, that during this that time? was in 2010. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't remember which TNA that's run the it nec- was. Yeah, that, that's the next decade. But, you know, he, he was – he uh, you know, he, he was a very, very popular presence on that show, and they, they did build some very good matches around him. He just never really um, was booked to to win those titles. Um just trying to see what else. Uh, and then he comes back to WWE in 06. He reunites with Matt. Um, they they do their thing. Uh, let's see. I think they were in ECW for a period, the rebooted ECW for a period of time. Yeah, he's one of like a billion ECW champions, I believe. Yep. Yeah, I believe he was ECW champion for a period. At this WWE. point, I'm surprised I wasn't ECW champion and I just forgot about it. You know, like, we should have tried for that, my friend. Everybody we should have tried for that. Uh, he was the Intercontinental champion, uh, 07 to 08 during mm-hmm. that period. And then, um, really, what you know, his name gets on here because uh, he did build up in popularity to such a degree that he was crowned WWE champion, mm-hmm. um, and did have a uh, did have a, a good title reign. And so, um, and so, uh, yeah, he had some great great matches with Edge. Um, let's see, uh, trying to think who else. Yeah, Triple H. Um, I did fight CM Punk. Um, who else? So, yeah, I mean, it really, I mean, really Jeff's story is goes and, you know, throughout, like, like you're mentioning though, I think part of the shifts that you saw from WWE to TNA back to WWE were related to, I think some of his issues with substance, you know, substance abuse and what was going on there. Um, there, there was always that kind of question of trust with, with him as a talent and, but you know, he, he made, he seemed to make a, you know, a good impression when he came back and so, uh, worked his way up to WWE championship reign, uh, and then went back to TNA in 2010. So, um, so yeah, so that is Jeff Hardy Kane on the other hand, uh, the two thousands for him, um, saw him, you know, becoming more of a, you know, really went in a lot of different directions. He unmasks. So we get the actual, you know, unmasked Kane. Um, and, uh, and, and the storylines that come from that, uh, he was world champ, world tag team champion with, with Rob Van Dam for a period of time, which I'd totally forgotten about. Um, 
what else? Uh, he fell in love. He had a storyline where he fell in love with Lita and that led to some, you know, uh, you know, tomfoolery between Kane and Matt Hardy, who we'll talk mm. about later, uh, teamed with the big show, uh, winning the tag champs, uh, tag straps. Uh, what else? And then later in the decade, he, he, he goes on to be ECW champion and then world heavyweight champion. So he did have a run, uh, with the title then. So, um, so really a, you know, Kane kind of sees his presence just kind of, you know, he, he pivots his character and he changes over time and, and sees the character, you know, broaden and get depth and, and really have a lot of, you know, he, he, he has a lot of really good storylines becomes kind of a foundational, you know, talent for, for WWE. So, so both of these guys had, had, uh, you know, I, I would say strong decades uh, mm-hmm. for, for this period. Um, but who, who are you giving the nod to on this one? Um, for this one, it's tough because Kane is one of the one of the lasting characters. And, and he's he was a kind of a Swiss army knife and was yep. one of those deals where, hey, you need a monster. You need someone to do this. You need someone to do that. All right. Just throw Kane in there. But. Unfortunately, in this matchup, he's going up against a guy who was just hitting his stride in his career with the mm-hmm. TLC matches with in, as a part of the Hardy Boys. And he was always the guy taking the big bump. Yep. He was the guy who really brought a lot of that stuff that guys were doing in ECW on a night by night basis, but no one was doing it in WWE, WWF. Yep. So he was the guy who was doing that. And then you, you add in the title run at the end of the decade. It's just an innovation that you have to kind of give some credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, Kane is one of those guys who I, he, he is always going to be in some ways like the base player of the main event scene in WWE, WWF. Like he yep. was there. He was, he was important. He was an important piece to have there, but he's, he just never is going to stand out yep. the way that the others do in a way. He's like the Michael, he's the Ma- Michael Anthony, if you will, mm-hmm of the main event scene it was he needs to be there he played an important part but you're always going to be paying more attention to you know undertaker to austin to rock right you know stuff like that Uh, but in this instance i have to give it to jeff hardy for the innovative aspect of his career all right jeff how about you sir um yeah you know i go back and forth on this one because you know kane just gets stronger over time and Mm -hmm. It, it, it's a hard one. You know, Je- Jeff Hardy, uh, you know, this is one of these even matches where it's, it's, it's how, how do you rate, you know, impact, you know what I mean? And you, you, you know, you made some very good points. Um, you're right. Kane is one of those, you know, uh, JR likes to call him, you know, he's a good hand, you know, kind of thing. And, yeah. uh, and he's always relied upon to deliver, you know, entertaining segments and, and matches. And, but I feel like, you know, he also really was working his way up to being, you know, someone who, who then stepped into that world title picture, um, as, as, as a, you know, a serious contender. And so, mm-hmm. you know, based on those things, um, it, it pains me to do it cause I am a big Jeff Hardy fan, but I'm going to go with Kane on this one. Which makes sense. I mean, the thing that the, 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 the thing that works against him in being that good hand. Yeah. And it's, and it goes to, you know, you talk about, a guy like Nolan Ryan 
Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, he's he he lost almost as many games as he won in his career. Well, yeah. you're just that damn good. You get rolled out there all the time. You're going to take losses. You're yep. a good hand and you're just someone that they you're dependable. can go out there. You're going to get booked in some shady stuff because you're like, well, huh, this might. Yep. I don't know if this is going to work. But hey, if we put Kane in there, maybe it'll work. And then you're like, nope, it ain't going to work with nobody. You could yeah. put Bruno San Martino out there and it ain't going to work. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so he there he definitely had some misses. Yeah. But you don't get yep. put out there for those in, unless you're consistently, unless you're good. You don't have that longevity. So I can totally understand that choice. Yeah. All right. Our next uh, our, our next matchup is uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, our, our, the mutual winner of the 90s wrestling bracket mm-hmm. uh, against one Chris Jericho. Yes. Um, so I'm actually going to go kind of quick with Austin for, for one very simple <laughs> reason. Um, he really just has a two-year stint yeah. in this decade, and then he's done. So um, he really is getting into this list just on legacy. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, an argument could be made that we could have dropped him out, but, but he does have a big impact when he's still around. I mean, he's still around the world title picture. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a major part of the, the Alliance, uh, you know, storyline with, you know, going up against WCW. Um, you know, there was also, I, I believe during this time was the heel turn with, with Vince McMahon for a period yes. of time. Um, you know, Triple H and, and Austin form the, uh, you know, this, this crazy, you know, tag team, I, I figure what they call themselves. The two man power trip. The two man power trip where, where then Triple H tears the quad right off the bone. Yeah. <laughs> another oh. tear, another quad tear, another week. Another quad tear, another week. Absolutely. Which, which was actually, Uncle Corny mentioned that on his podcast when he was talking mm. about the, the Shane McMahon segment. And uh, mentioned about, you know, how every year now we're going to have a McMahon come down to the ring just so they can tear their quad and flop around like a fish. I'm like, (laughs) oh, God. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, This was also the time when, and we'll talk about him later, Brock Lesnar um, is coming into the company and they want to book Lesnar to um, to basically, you know, route, you know, route Austin on Raw and. And this is where Austin kind of, you know, walks out for a period of time um, mm-hmm. because he, and, and he explains this later on. He's explained it several times on on his on his show, um, uh, Stone Cold, uh, oh, sorry, Broken Skull Sessions of there, there was a time to do there, there was a time and the way to do the business. You know, like he's not again. He, he wasn't against putting Brock over, but he was just he's like, this isn't the way to do it. You don't do. And I agree with him. Like you don't do it on raw. You build something up and do it on a pay-per-view. Like let, you know, like that's what you should be building towards. And so, uh, so there's a little bit of drama that happens with him. Um, you know, he is some drama with him. You know, he was supposed to face Scott Hall when the NWO came back. That was kind of a weird, you know, thing that happened there. I, I think, um, or, or he, he faced Scott Hall, but but I think there was some drama going into that as well. I, I, I just think he was probably a guy who was kind of realizing where he was and, and you know, kind of where, where his career was going and maybe didn't deal with it well. But yeah, maybe. Um, but, well, we'll you know, uh, as he continues, uh, you know, he has he, he continues to have high profile, you know, matches with Triple H and with Rock. And then, of course, has the, uh, you know, the final match with the Rock. But but he's pretty much done as of 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas on the other hand, Chris Jericho is just getting started. Um, he becomes the very first undisputed WWF champion, uh, where he beats, I believe he beats rock and Austin on the same night. Um, if, if I do remember when he won that, I could be wrong though. Um, yeah, I have no way of verifying that. So let sure. me just, let me just check. Um, <laughs> I'll go with that. Sure. Why not? 
Let me see. Oh, November. Yeah, it's Survivor Series. Uh, Winner-take-all matchup by once again attacking The Rock. So I this way. Jericho defeated both The Rock for the World Championship, formerly the WCW Championship, and Stone Cold Steve Austin for his first WWF Championship. And on the same night, became the first wrestler to hold both championships at the same time, which then he was dubbed the first ever undisputed WWF Champion. Um, so yeah, so you know, went from a guy who was kind of just you know winning you know mid card belts and and kind of in the mid card to becoming you know a main event guy and and really you know ha- having a, a good run with it. Um, from there, um, you know, he just becomes a guy who just has great matches with people. He, he had this, uh, great buildup, um, at, uh, WrestleMania, I think it was WrestleMania 19, uh, at Safeco field, uh, where he and Michaels had probably one of the best wrestling matches, um, you know, either of, of either's career or, or all time as well. I mean, it was, it was just a very, very well done match, which ended with Jericho hugging his, his hero and then kicking him between the legs. Yeah. <laughs> And As Michael's, you do. And Michael's having this look on his face like, a tu brute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then just like crumpled. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, continued to be in the world title picture, but he departs WWE in 2005, comes back in 2007, and he goes on a freaking tear. Like, he has n- not just great matches, but but is very much in the mode of telling compelling stories and he does an amazing feud with Shawn Michaels he comes the world heavyweight champion um has great feuds with Edge and um this was the one where where he you know he he was basically this was around the time that that the wrestler came out you know the Mickey Rourke movie and so he was uh he, he was basically um I think I think at one point they were talking about Mickey Rourke being in WrestleMania, and he he w- he didn't end up showing up because the Oscars was like the same weekend or something, and mm-hmm. they didn't want him there. Um, but as part of it, he was making fun of like Ricky Steamboat, Jimmy Snooker, Roddy Piper, and I think he was on like a three on one match or something like that with them, and he got the you know crap kicked out of him. But I mean, just a very very entertaining run, um, you know, during that time. Um, you know, feuded with, I mean, many others, you know, tagged with edge for a period of time, but just, you know, Jericho, a lot of impact across the decade, even though he, he walked away for about three years. So mm-hmm. with all that history, sir, uh, what say you stone cold or Chris Jericho Jericho in a walk? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I would be inclined to agree with you. This, this, as much as I, as much as stone cold dominated the nineties, uh, th- this is not the case in the two thousands and, and Jericho, uh, he, he just has the resume. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. All right. Next match, uh, big show and Booker T the big show and Booker T, uh, sorry. I gotta well. pull. Thank you. Please sing for a couple minutes no. while I pull this up. No, I, I don't need to. Oh, come on. Poor now. Paul white, man. I mean, I mean, I don't want to say poor. I mean, the dude's made a, a decent living, but I mean, just one of those things where it's like nobody, he, he always was trying, everyone was trying to make him the next Andre the Giant. He didn't quite seem to know where he was going. Nobody knew what to do with him. Yep. He got, he got, he, he was one of those guys who apparently it was a revolving door, his face and heel turns. Like it, it generated enough wind that it could make a turbine spin, you know, and yeah. But yet, nevertheless, because much like in the NBA, if you're over seven feet tall, if you can tie your shoes or walk and chew gum, you'll have a job. Yep. You're going to make six figures sitting at the end of someone's bench because you can't coach height and you can't coach someone who is that big. 
and yeah. who, who can move. I mean, the guy could move around and he could he could actually work, mm-hmm. even though it didn't seem like no, nobody knew what the hell to do with him. But he could still work. So it was like he's always going to have a job. Like, I, I think there's st- he's still trying to make a comeback in AEW or something, isn't he? Or what's what was going on with that? Like, he's not he I don't know. He showed up in AEW and he really hasn't done a whole lot. So I think yeah. probably because his body won't let him. But I think he just yeah. it's almost like he he would love to prove Vince wrong in a way. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, big show. I mean, I'm sure he's a hell of a guy, but uh. yeah, I'm kind of going through. I mean, he he had a great memorable feud with Brock Lesnar. This this was the imploding ring match that happened on SmackDown, which if you've never seen that, look that up on YouTube. That that was a a superplex off the uh, over the top, wasn't it? Knocked down the ring. Superplex by Lesnar off the top. And you just watch the ring just bounce, collapse. And then all the ring posts like pop out. And I mean, it was just like incredible to watch. It's, it's such a visual that, that it, you know, no words can do it justice. But um, but during this time period, uh, United States champion for a period of time, um, you know, feuded with Eddie Guerrero. Uh, I'm just looking for other people. Batista. Did John Eddie Brad make it this bracket? Huh? Did Eddie? Oh, yeah. he Okay. I'm just oh, double oh, yeah. Checking. Oh, Eddie Guerrero's in there. Absolutely. I just wanted to make sure. Absolutely. And it's like we, we should need to retroactively put him in Steve Austin's spot, if not. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. Uh, teamed with Kane for a period of time in the mid-2000s. Um, he was a uh, basically made kind of the figurehead champion of ECW when that rebooted, which Ugh. I think he was roundly rejected because no ECW fans wanted someone like Big Show as their champion. No. Um, and, no. and you know, clearly was was booked into uh I, I think at the time this is when cm punk was in ecw and was having some great matches with uh, john morrison and i think a lot of people wanted to see him with it or or uh or you know i think he beat rob van dam who was an ecw original um but yeah it was it was not dealt with well um and then goes on to be tag champion um yeah for really kind of to the end of the decade so i i thought he held the world title at some point but i think it's just the ecw championship yeah so. i don't think he i don't think that happened until the next decade i think he got okay because he he got the he had the title back in the 90s yeah for, for a minute and then i think he had it one other time later on at some point but yeah he was one of those guys that he's sort of like kane like Kane only had that one run with the with the WWF championship, yeah. and then he got the the big gold belt sort yep. of treatment. But he uh, big show again. He's one of those guys that he was always orbiting because, well, if you need a big guy, yep, you know, then you bring him out, and it unfortunately it <laughs> didn't yeah. pay off very well for him. Yeah. And then you got Booker T who, you know, very similar to Chris Jericho was, was on the rise coming into this decade and mm. really just kept, you know, just steady, wasn't steady he, upward trend. Wasn't he the last WCW champion? He or, was. Yeah, original, he, OG WCW? Yep. Yeah. And, and so he, um, yeah, so he, he came into WWE and was part of the invasion angle. Um, he had a great run with Austin, great, great feud with Austin that, um, at, at one point, um, they, uh, Austin ended up uh, brawling with him in a supermarket in which Austin won. Yes. Um, assaulting Booker T with food. The brawl cost the company between 10 and $15,000 in damage. <laughs> Money well spent, I'm, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it, the acolytes made, made them pay more to re-renovate the friendly tap. I mean, come yes, on. Yes, and And, you know, again, calling out to YouTube on this one, go go check it out on YouTube. If you have never seen this brawl, Booker T is, his facials are absolutely hysterical in this. And, uh, yeah, it, I mean, just such a memorable, memorable entertainer. Just so good. Um 
let's see, uh, feuded with evolution. Um, so, you know, he, he hangs around the world, uh, tag title picture a bit, um, becomes intercontinental champion, um, throughout, you know, as we get to the middle of, of the two thousands, uh, you know, really, you know, is just a reliable, reliable talent, um, United States champion through the mid two thousands. Uh, and then we get to, uh, when he won the 2006 King of the ring, it becomes, King Booker. Yes, and his um, court with a fake English accent. <laughs> yes, with with his wife Queen Charmel, and I don't know if you knew this. I t- I forgot about this. Sir William Regal and Sir Finlay. Yes. <laughs> I remember that from Wikipedia. <laughs> oh my gosh, I thought that was hysterical. I this is when I I was kind of I was watching the shows but not religiously and so I I remember parts of this but not a lot but he he was he was hysterical. He was hysterical and as he, as King Booker. And was it after that when he teamed with Goldust? Uh no, it was before then. Uh, okay. he was teaming with Goldust, sorry, Goldust. Goldust during uh the Evolution feud in 2002-2003. Okay. And 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 that that feud was memorable. Um, Golda, I mean, Goldust was just insane at that point. Um, well, when was Goldust ever seen? I guess true, very true. Um, but uh, no, but Booker T, world champion in the world title picture. But he leaves WWE in 07, goes to Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, um, where he feuds with. Uh, I believe he feuds with Bobby Roode for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, and then forms, uh, you know, a, a faction that was actually kind of cool for the time. Um, the main event mafia, um, oh, yeah. from 2008 to 2010. And this was probably the closest sting ever came to a heel turn. It was, uh, it was Booker T, uh, Kevin Nash, Sting, Scott Steiner. Um, and then Booker T at one point wins this championship they created. I think it was called the legends championship. Yeah. It wasn't, um, wasn't Kurt Angle in that too, too though. Oh, Kurt Angle was in it too. I'm sorry. You're yeah. absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, so yeah. So I mean, just two. You know, the 2000s were. You know, he wasn't in WWE for the entire decade, but he had a lot of really memorable feuds, a lot of impact. Um, you know, the King Booker. You know, shtick was just you know off the charts funny, uh, and and just made for for just you know great entertainment. So, uh, you know, if, if I look at these two, um, Big Show and Booker T, I got to give the nod to Booker T. Oh, totally. Even though I I do feel like he probably did not get what he deserved in WWF, WWE. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't did and you probably would know this way better than I would. I'm just remembering bits and pieces from Wikipediaing earlier today. But um did anybody from WCW after the sale to Vince mm-hmm. did any of those guys ever win like the WWF championship? Um, it's a good question. Aside from someone like Jericho, who had already crossed, I'm talking probably about guys. Not. Because probably not. If there was one that should have, it probably should have been Booker. Like he probably should have been in that title picture, but he always went back to Eddie Guerrero. But no, he'd already come over. So uh, what I mean is like anyone who was in WCW at the time that oh, it was of, of the sale of the sale. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm I'm looking at the names and no, there, there's no other names that were part of WCW when the sale happened. Which I mean, I can get some of those. Like, yeah, you're not gonna put yeah. Scott, you're not gonna put the belt on Steiner. I get it. You're yeah. not gonna put the belt on you know whoever. But Booker to me was the one that probably should have made that jump. But it's a it's an example of again just Vince being Vince and like, ha I beat you guys. And now I'm going to embarrass you the same way with diamond Dallas page. Like, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Pal, you can come in and work and we're going to make you a stalker and completely bury your career. 
ha 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 isn't that great like, yeah yeah that's just that's just the petty individual that he is so it it kind of it kind of stinks because i think booker could have definitely done more uh, but because he worked for the competition it was almost one of those things where it's like vince was probably like oh yeah just be glad you're working pal anyways those boots are made for walking yeah booker t booker t over in another one almost in a walk like yeah it doesn't come yeah. all right this next one will be interesting so we have edge adam copeland versus triple h this one was tough i bet it is this one is very tough because edge really came into his own as a singles wrestler i mean also a, 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 one of the best tag team wrestlers at the beginning of the decade yep then yep. comes into his own as a singles wrestler yep and you know it kind of becomes like the despicable heel oh yeah of, yeah of like the off the charts yeah so and but then you also have triple h who is a despicable heel mm-hmm. you know at different parts of this decade and is equally dislikable although yeah, I don't know. I, I I guess it's you know it, it depends on you know whether you like red wine or white wine. It depends on which heel despicable nice you despicableness you like best. But I mean, you know, to to Triple H's credit, um, you know, not only does he end up being a world champion and and a despicable heel, but and I know you're not a fan of Evolution, but but Evolution was really an interesting you know group to see form where it was more about you know, the past, present, and future of the business and really turned into the launching pad for Randy Orton and Batista. Oh, totally. And that, that you need to, in, it, sort of like in the way that the Four Horsemen always orbited around Ric Flair, because Ric yep. Flair more than off, more often than not had the championship or was in mm-hmm. a state of his career where he didn't necessarily need the championship or he was chasing it. Yep. Same thing with the evolution. Like, Flair wasn't going to play that part. Yep. So tri- someone in that, someone there has to be the main event guy. And Triple yeah. H fit the bill, so no, I mean it, it, it's it's not so much that I'm not a fan of it. I just it, I know it's a four horsemen ripoff, really, mm-hmm. um, but it it worked, and it worked yeah. because of Triple H and the clout that he had. Now, of course, it doesn't hurt when you're sleeping with and or married to the boss's daughter. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess actually that could work against you, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> but if he likes you, um, it, yeah. it works out just fine as a, well, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I should be careful of how I'm saying that because Triple H right now probably doesn't think it worked out just fine. Um, but yeah, it's it, you have to kind of that. But Edge, to his credit, mm-hmm. was another one of those guys where, you know, he it, it's tough to work. Number one, it's tough to be in a great tag team in WWF because Vince hates tag teams, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um but to be in a very influential tag team, to come up with gimmicks, to work, to work both as a heel and as a face, because Edge and Christian managed to be very entertaining heels slash faces like that that thing. But then to break out and to then to be able to go to this place where people just like viscerally hate you, mm-hmm. and then just have to then to have to survive like no holds barred matches with Foley. Good God, mm-hmm. that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Yeah, like that. Yeah. You get double credit because you just aged in dog years in that match because that yeah. crazy bastard just is like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Like, wh- wh- what? <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, this is a tough matchup because th- like, honestly, if I if I had gone through and had my edit on this bracket, I would I would have 
split these two out in the play in the play in bracket. Like this is too difficult to have. This is too good of a matchup to set up here. Like you hey, gotta hey, you gotta hold hey. this one off. Wait a minute. Are you saying you're doctor you're doctoring up the, the you, you would doctor the bracket up just to you know so you wouldn't have to pick them? Come on now. You're damn right. I did in the last Come one. On. That's what I did. Well, when, that's I, what I did when I edited the last one. I I he, put some of these out. I you know I I you got to book these things. You don't give it all away. No, like you, you just saying, don't. Like you I would, let the randomizer do its job, and then you okay, let things so, fall where they fall. So the guy who defended Steve Austin walking out on Brock Lesnar because they wanted to give away a match on free TV is a okay giving away this match in the in the play in round. Ladies and well, gentlemen, I ask you: Are we winning? Is, or, is, are we getting dollar one for this or what? <laughs> well, not the way you're booking this thing. My God, I ought to have Jim Cornette on here. He'd, he'd read you the oh, riot act while eating right. a Domino's pizza and downing a two liter of Sprite all at the same time. All right. Let, let, let me run through real quick. So, yeah, Edge Edge has, uh, like you said, singles, great singles run, um, builds up to world champion uh, uh, contender wins the world championship and, and done in a compelling way where he was using, uh, you know, first ever money in the bank, uh, ladder match winner, um, using that to, sorry, there's the seltzer again, um, to, to win it in, in diabolical fashion. Um, and, and goes on to just continue to have this like ridiculous heel run as the rated R superstar. And, and I, I won't even try to do what, what, uh, not Jimmy Kimmel, what's his name? He was an announcer. Um, he would always go rated R superstar. I, I, I can't do it. Um, but uh, yeah, just go on to just an amazing run as just a lead heel teams up with Randy Orton to do rated RKO um, where ironically they feuded with uh, Degeneration X, which is what triple H reformed with Shawn Michaels during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, he then, you know, wins the world title again, forms this like edgehead sort of group with Kurt uh, Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Um, you know, has some great matches uh, with The Undertaker, um, but Batista, I mean, just like, it's it's quite a resume. And to your point, you know, makes it really hard. And then you look at Triple H, you know, does Evolution, is a world champion, is always in kind of the world title picture. DX reunion in 06, um, goes on to do multiple, you know, world t- title runs between 07 and 09 before he starts settling into kind of the, you know, the, the, uh, chief operating officer kind of role, um, that, that he, or, you know, that authority role that he kind of works his way into. Um, but yeah, just, just a strong, strong resume as well. So this one's tough. What are you going with? See, my heart wants to go with edge. My head goes with Triple H just because of what you say with Evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, he he definitely extended the career of Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I have Triple H written down here, but I am. <laughs> I'm honestly no. I'm going to change it. I'm going with Edge. I'm I'm listening to my really? heart and not my head on this one. Yes, ah, the because heart wants what it wants. Because just to, I think what Edge did over the span of this decade equates to what triple h did in the 90s which was kind of why i i gave him i gave him such an extended run through the bracket in the 90s is because he yeah. managed to come out of an undercard position and worked his way up through a faction into a singles main eventer and yeah. and and did that because uh, you know he worked hard he had the charisma i mean yeah you get the push but they have to think you're, you're something to get yeah. there. Yeah. And so Edge is kind of repeating that in this decade. And and Triple H was already there. And he did great things and yeah, had a hell of a decade still. Uh, but 
I, I'll give I'll give Edge the uh, I'll give Edge the edge. <laughs> All right. If you took Triple H, I was going to take Edge, but you took Edge. I'm going to take Triple H. I'm going to advance Triple H in mine. All right. I mean, I valid arguments you you, you know all around like like i i don't argue a, a single point that, that you've you've you know laid out there for edge because i think he was equally this is another one of those really difficult ones to call because uh because it isn't black and white they, they both had very strong careers and i'll i'll go with triple h just because you know he he you know I'm giving him a little bit of a nod ahead of Edge because he he was kind of the foundation. If if Cena was the franchise, you know, Triple H was was the foundation. And mm-hmm. excuse me, and just you know, quality worker had great great feuds and and great world title runs, and and really you know was for much of the 2000s. Um, you know, just, just the, you know, one of the go-to guys and, 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 you know, you're going to get a, a, a really entertaining and good main event, you know, when he was, or, or match when he was wrestling. So, so I'm going to go with triple H. I, I would love to push edge forward, believe me, but uh, going with triple H. Fair enough. Next. All right. Brock Lesnar and Taz. <laughs> so we go from do we, really hard to call to, well, we should be able to move on in a couple minutes here. <laughs> do we really even need to list this out? Well, we do because Lesnar had a very odd two thousands. Okay, because and, and but it, Taz barely had a two thousands. Unfortunately, unfortunately, but, you know. All right, well let's let's start with Brock Lesnar, right? Okay, let's comes in two thousand two as the next big thing with mm-hmm. Paul Heyman, so already plus five hundred points in my in his favor for me. Yes, um, as just this wrecking ball of a human being. <laughs> I mean, it was just the things that he did to Spike Dudley were 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 just criminal. I mean, quite honestly, just how how Spike. I mean, I really hope Spike Dudley is is able to walk and he's he's in good health. But um, my God, I think Spike Dudley might have passed on. I don't. Did he? Uh, I'll check. But you keep you keep on going. No, he's still alive. He is. Oh, he's he is. Alive. Good. Good for him. He's still alive. Spike. Glad to hear it. All right. Anywho. Uh, but Lesnar has just like this. He's ridiculous... built at 150 pounds. I think that's even. A, I think that might be a fabrication. Oh boy. Um, but just has a really strong run from 02 to 04. Uh, you know, world world champion. You know, pretty much through most of it. Um, I, he was fast tracked to it because he he was just such a unique competitor with his body and his speed and his size and and the way that he just portrayed violence and viciousness was just something you know that that was you know just so different you know and 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 when he walked out there i mean he he still is a guy who walks out there and you're just like this guy is going to wreck someone you know what i mean like oh like he's he, a and freak he, of a human being he he looks like he mean you know not to, I don't mean to say he looks like he means business but he he means business and then some and so um, no just just really really great feuds with like Kurt Angle uh, Big Show um, you know uh, Eddie Guerrero um, for as big as he is he has such great matches with with smaller wrestlers like like mm-hmm. you know like those guys and then in the 2010s he I mean had great match with AJ Styles um, so just just a guy who you know, um, had, had a really great run. And then unfortunately an unceremonious exit when, you know, he just, he didn't want to do the travel. He, he wasn't having the, you know, two, 300 days they were on the road. So he leaves, um, after that awful match with Goldberg at WrestleMania 20, 
But then he goes to um, Japan after a failed stint in in football or trying to you know make make an NFL team. Um, goes on to be, become the IWGP heavyweight champion in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, continues to you know ply his trade that way, uh, but doesn't come back to WWE until 2012. So I mean, what we're really talking about is 02 to 05 for for Lesnar. Okay. Ta- Taz, on the other hand, um, comes into WWE in the late 90s, um, has a feud uh, with, uh, let's see, feuds with Jerry Lawler, feuds with, um, or becomes part of the Alliance invasion angle where he's, you know, uh, part of uh, ECW. We talked about the thing with Mike Awesome and becoming ECW champion. Um, but then uh, he really becomes just a color commentator in 02. So he's got about two years. So, so it's kind of funny to compare these two because Lesnar, I mean, yes, he wrestled in New Japan. You can count that time. But they are, relatively speaking, almost the same kind of time period for the two of them. And so out of those two, who would you say, sir, has the bigger impact? Brock Lesnar. Of course. I mean, infamously, I agree infamously, Paul Heyman in one of his promos, better promos against Vince McMahon, the infamous, Mm. you know, one where Vince told him to draw money. Paul Heyman's line was, you took a killer like Taz and you turned him into a fat commentator and not even a good one. Now, I don't agree with not even a good one, but the first part, kind of the same, kind of the thing. Like, Mm -hmm. they just did not know what to do with Taz. They got, they had a killer come in. That's because Vince doesn't know how to push, or at least at that time, he didn't know how to push smaller wrestlers. I don't even know if it was that. Like, Vince only knew how to do what Vince does. And unfortunately, there's some people, like, if you don't fit into the box, then too bad. And instead of looking at it and going, okay, what can this person do? It's like, well, I've got a list of five things, and if you don't fit in this, well, too bad. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, in a lot of businesses, that that puts you in trouble. In in a business where you're already, you know, you're the only competition, well, you just keep yep. chugging along. Yeah. So, yeah, Brock in a walk. All right. Uh, we're getting and down to our last... Have? Uh, oh, I, I went with Brock as well. I, I kind of thought I so. I agree. Um, all right. Uh, last two of the play-in, uh, Kurt Angle versus Batista. So, uh, no, we have another one after this. Undertaker and Shawn Michaels is the like 18th play-in. I said this. The, the, one of the last two. Oh, okay. I thought you said the, the last. I'm sorry. No, I, got, I said one of the last two. I was mistaken. Two. My apologies, sir. Uncle Todd likes to point out my errors. Well, no, I'm just I'm hoping erotic. that we're going to be under four hours here, and it's well, it's not looking good so far, sir. Hey, we're, we're going to get through it, my friend. We're going to get through it. I know we're going to get through it. I just wonder if I'm going to get any sleep, if I'm just going to be hearing the birds <laughs> chirping when this thing is end up. All right. Kurt Angle, uh, really coming into the 2000s hot and heavy. Uh, he he uh, That's a, a phrase I didn't really need to hear. I got to be honest <laughs> with you. That's... Has a very strong debut, uh, you know, great run in the late 90s, gets into the 2000s. WWF champion is really a, uh, I'm going to use this term probably a lot moving forward, but either foundational or cornerstone, whatever you want to call them, uh, of of the, of the you know, uh, like of the promotion. You know, uh, the, the Alliance uh, storyline, he, he's a key part of that. He is a multiple-time world champion holding both the, you know, World Heavyweight Championship, the WWE Championship. Um, 
really at this time he he is a machine. He any match that Angle is in is a quality high high quality match, and he is uh, doing some of his best work during this time. Um, becomes WWE champion several times, as I mentioned. Um, great feuds with Brock Lesnar, with Eddie Guerrero, um, with Chris Benoit. Uh, I mean, just this was a time period where, I mean, it was just really fun as a wrestling fan to see I mean, and just a funny, entertaining guy. I mean, mm. he 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 was not he wasn't just a, a killer wrestler like like Lesnar. He he brought the entertainment. He brought the humor um, and just had, you know, just really, really great matches with whoever he was with. And, um, and Shane McMahon. And as we uh, kind of learned from the Broken Skull Session episode with him, like kind yeah. of understood the business very early. Yeah, like yep. which I would imagine has to be kind of tough coming from like uh, I, my air quotes legit wrestling background. Yeah, but then to go into this thing and go, oh, okay, this is it. Yeah, and just kind of got it very yep. early on and and building the character and all that and which to me I'm like that's got to be tough for a lot of people and you're like a a very rare person who can make that shift that quickly and get yeah. on the boat. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, goes on to total. Uh, so he leaves WWE in 2005 or six, goes to total nonstop action wrestling and is really there for 10 years, but is the cornerstone there. I mean, he is the man who holds the world title most of the time. Um, you know, great feuds with Samoa Joe, with AJ Styles, um, who else? Uh, Christian, uh, he ends up going over there. Um, you know, re- really, th- that is a place that some talent go to because they s- they saw it as you know an, an ability to kind of be a big fish in a smaller pond, where they probably wouldn't have been given the opportunity. You know, in WWE, mm-hmm. um, part of the main event mafia, as you pointed out, uh, and uh, yeah, just I mean, he he was the foundation of TNA for a very long time. So, Kurt had a really, I mean, even though it isn't all in WWE, he had a really strong decade. And, oh, totally. And, and, uh, and then we look at Dave Batista, who, you know, came into the business in 02. Um, he was part of that class with Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin. The, there was, there was just this class from that OVW, uh, developmental system, um, where, I mean, just a lot of great talent was, was cultivated, uh, comes in, um, he starts off as Deacon Batista oh. <laughs> with Devon Dudley. How long ago was this? <laughs> Batista had hair, ladies and gentlemen. That's oh how long gosh. ago this was. Yeah, he was and, and, and he carried the, the collection plate. box. Yeah. Yep, he carried collection the collection box. box. <laughs> oh my goodness! Because again, again, Vince McMahon hates tag team wrestling, so he had to break up the Dudley Boys. Yeah, that that was probably a fun thing for him to do. So. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh! Just another reason to. That mustache wearing. Okay, let's move on. But he finds himself in a really sweet position in in uh, 03 with Evolution, where he gets to learn from Flair and Triple H. He slowly builds, you know, a character, a personality as the Beast, and and really um, the fans just glom onto him, especially when he finally does his face turn in 05 and challenges Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, he then goes on and has um, a really good run as world champion, um, you know, with great feuds with JBL, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero again. Um, you hear Eddie's name a lot this decade, and there's a reason why, and mm-hmm. we'll get to it. Um, but yeah, just overall, um, 
just, uh, you know, just, just had a really strong, strong decade, um, becomes WWE champion in 09, 2010. So, I mean, Batista is really, you know, the, he's in the world title picture for, from 05 to really 2010 and, and is just a main event talent, you know, after that run with evolution. So, um, which again is amazing to me because I thought evolution was like a four year thing. It was only two years Mm. and they were off to the races. And so, um, yeah, just, just had, had a lot of great feuds. Uh, Edge was another one um, that he had. Uh, and then let's see. Um, and then really, I mean, it was kind of, he's timed perfectly for this bracket. Like his yes. career really is within this decade. And then after yes. that, he's really off making movies after that. Yeah. Right. Yep. So this is a hard one. This is a hard one. No, um, not really. Really? No. Kurt Angle. Oh, all right. Kurt Angle. I mean, I, all and right. I, I, all respect to Batista because, yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's almost the same thing as like you look at a guy like Glenn Jacobs to yep. be able to shake off the stank of being the Christmas creature, um, the faux Diesel Isaac yep. Yankum, yep. to become anything worthwhile, let alone one of the most enduring characters that has ever been in professional wrestling. That's an accomplishment to go yeah. from Deacon Batista <laughs> to anything <laughs> is an accomplishment. It is. It's no shade at him. It's just the fact that you're basically talking about this generation's Brett the Hitman heart, mm-hmm. a guy who who wrestled everybody mm-hmm. and was able to have really good matches with everybody. Mm hmm. And who could get heat as a heel? He could work as a as a face. He could do he could do comedy. He could cut promos. Yeah. I mean, if he is a five tool player in baseball terms, he yep. can do everything you need. Yep. And he's the corner like you like you said very aptly. I think it's the best way to describe him. He was the cornerstone or a cornerstone of the WWE main event scene. And then he goes to another promotion, and he is the if uh, you know uh if not the cornerstone of their main event scene mm-hmm. that's a hell of a thing to to like shift over and then just become a, the another promo uh, promotions guy yeah because i if i remember right i when we talked when i've i've watched some videos like tna was not you know ever in danger of unseating wwe but they were doing well yeah. for for a while in terms of of things and you know got subverted by the fact that nobody there knew what the hell they were doing in business yep but angle i mean come on that guy is as rock solid of a of a worker as you could get and isn't just the guy who's like well he can work but he can't talk or this and that no he could do it all i mean literally that that is the comparison that i think is most apt is is a brett is a bret hart maybe not really Shawn michaels just because it, to me there it's a different style to me yeah. it's like like red heart is a one to one comparison and it's like oh yeah totally this yeah. guy just no doubt yep and you sir uh, I'm also going to go with uh, with Kurt Angle I mean we were talking through it and and it it, it is a hard one because when when you consider impact um you know I said it earlier like like you said I mean. He, he was the cornerstone of, mm-hmm. of two promotions. And Batista, you know, this is another one of those unfortunate things, right? You know, you have two strong guys going up against each other in, in this bracket. Um, but, you know, you put Batista up against, you know, a lot of these other guys, and, and, and he's going to go over because he had a very strong, you know, he's well, going yeah. over Kane. He's going over Booker T. He's going over um, Mark I, Henry. I would even say he goes over Lesnar, you know, because of the fact uh, that he has yeah. – 
Well, I mean, yeah, no, I know you, you're you, right. You know what I mean? You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, that's where it's hard, but yeah, I, I got to give the nod to angle on this one. Absolutely. All right. All right. Last play in, and then we're going to try to fly through the first eight matchups that we've already kind of talked through, uh, in, in what is the first round, I guess. <laughs> we got it. We got a couple of holdovers from like late eighties, early nineties here. Yes. Yes. And, uh, this one is going to be a tough one. Mm. Um, especially since one of them is actually the reason the other retires. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we, we have, uh, the American badass undertaker, uh, in, in, uh, you know, 2000, well, I guess that started kind of in, in the two thousands, maybe in 99, but yeah, biker taker was just about the turn of the century. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, taker just, you know, went, goes on a great run with, with, uh, Kane, uh, you know, for, for the tag championships. Um, he, he disappears for a period of time, comes back, um, has, I, I think that was when he came back during the wasn't that during the rock triple H, uh, uh, what was it? The uh, Iron Man match. I thought well, he, had his, like... he had his three different personas. So he had mm-hmm. biker taker, then he had big evil, which was sort mm-hmm. of this midway point, And then he came back as the dead as man. the undertaker. Yeah. 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 Um, so I don't know where those line up. I just, I remember I, that from Wikipedia. Yeah. I, I don't either. Um, Gosh, I mean, there, there's just so much to go through with him. It's crazy. Well, he won that. He 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 had a he had a at least one run with the big gold belt. He did, which yep. is a former WCW as mean Mark Callis. That had to have been somewhat satisfying to be yes. like. I never thought yes. I would get within sniffing distance of this thing unless Ric Flair asked me to hold it while he took a leak. That was yep. about as close as I was getting to it. You know, that yep. was that was it. And for him to ha- have that belt at some point must have been like, ah, <laughs> uh, how sweet it is. Indeed, indeed, as he downs like half a bottle of Jack Daniels. Uh, let's see what what else. I mean, just I mean, couple has tag a lot team of, runs, yeah, yeah, just has a lot of great runs. I mean, or, or a lot of great feuds during this decade. Um, this is when the streak starts to become a thing. Yep. Um, so you know he has this long win record at WrestleMania, and it starts to be you know basically a gimmick now where who's going to knock him off, and uh, and so so yeah, so he he has uh, a world you know, WWE championship run, he has a, a world heavyweight champion run, as as Uncle Todd just talked about, um, continues to build that streak up uh, through the decade, and then um, unceremoniously. Uh, you know, actually has a really good, um, sorry, not unceremoniously here, but he, you know, he has a really good, uh, feud with, uh, CM Punk of all people, which, you know, we had to kind of, uh, he, he'll be in the next, uh, next bracket for 2010, but, um, but, in, oh, and, and had a great feud with, uh, with Rey Mysterio. I mean, God, I keep going, but eventually we get to the point of it's the streak versus the career. And, mm. and this is where it is Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, uh, at WrestleMania 26, uh, I believe that was in 2009 or 2010, um, around there, and uh, and and ends Shawn Michaels' career um, after. Well, actually, they have two matches. I think they 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 faced off once uh, at WrestleMania 25, and he beats Shawn Michaels, and then Shawn comes back and wants one more shot, and he's putting his his career on the line for it, and he mm. loses. Uh, and so, um, let's see. The match also made uh, both Undertaker and Michaels the first men in WWE history to main event WrestleMania in three different decades. Um, Undertaker main evented WrestleMania 13 uh, and 14, or sorry, 24. Uh, Michaels main evented WrestleMania 12 and 14, then 20, then 23. Um, 
Yeah. So a lot of history in that, but basically, uh, yeah, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels both with really just incredible run. Oh, and I, I didn't get into Shawn Michaels, but he disappeared uh, shortly after losing to Austin in the late 90s. Um, he has to go and kind of get himself, uh, you know, right in the head and right in body. And so he comes back, um, with, uh, with, with just a, a new and more positive perspective on life he has a great, uh, feud with triple H when he first comes back, has a great feud with Chris Jericho, um, goes on to do the DX reunion with triple H, uh, where they face off against various tag teams and do a lot of goofy, goofy comedy that also plays off the fact he's a born again Christian. So I, I just remember there was a lot mm-hmm. of goofy stuff where, you know, like, like they had like, uh, you know, I don't know if they had like, you know, scantily clad ladies around or whatever. And, and, and Triple H is like, Sean, look, it's, it's the Iron Sheik. And he goes, run, it runs off. And then the, then the ladies come into frame or something. I mean, it's just one of these like goofy things they would do just to play off of it and stuff. But, but Michael's, you know, really a lot of people look at this decade and the work he did here as just some of his best. I mm. mean, just, just very good stories being told leading up to the matches, um, the matches just being phenomenal. I mean, he was firing on all cylinders. And if he had a back problem, you know, during that time, you had no idea because he, he just, he put on just some amazing, amazing matches during this time. Um, so yeah, so, I mean, and, and then ultimately, um, you know, he holds, he holds the world title a couple times during this period. Um, and, uh, and, you know, like I said, just has some, some great matches. He retires Ric Flair, um, but then faces his own retirement, um, when he tries to go up against the undertaker. And I just remember in both of those years, the buildup to those two matches with the undertaker were just so well done and, and just, you know, it, it was, uh, I, I don't remember him going full on heel, but but really, you know, just uh, just the way they kind of got into their history and and, you know, him not being afraid of, of you know, taking the big man down and all this sort of thing. It was just such a great, great build up um, to it, but ultimately losing to The Undertaker in 2010 and retiring. So uh, so just two. I mean, just two amazing, amazing runs during, during these decades. So I don't know, man, this is a tough one. You going to flip a coin or what? <sighs> You're not making this easier because I had Undertaker down here. And now after listening to your accolades for Shawn Michaels, now I want to pick Shawn Michaels because Undertaker always maintained the mystique of the character, but I always feel yeah. like you're talking about the character and the yeah. character having its own thing and, and just by sheer longevity and being a pillar of the main event scene forever. Yeah. Uh, it, it just is, it, it kind of carries sort of like when, you know, we talked like Steve Austin got thrown into this bracket and it, quite honestly didn't have any business being in this bracket. Yeah. Um, but because of reputation and because he was such a big part of TV, even though he wasn't actually <laughs> wrestling yep. or doing much, but he was still like a face and they're just, they're just trying to get ratings. It's kind of the same with undertaker. You know, mm-hmm. but if you're actually looking at the actual work, the stuff that's done, I mean, wasn't this also the time when when Michaels had his match with Hogan where he oh, yes, oversell yes. to the point of hilarity? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it, it, it was it was like parody almost. It was crazy. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Shawn Michaels because, again, he's just that guy who could he could have a decent match with a freaking broom. Yep. And make yep. it believable and make you feel sorry for him. You know, it's just, yeah, no, I'm going to go with Shawn Michaels just because I think the comeback and, and, and of course the, the matches with Hogan, Flair, Undertaker, like 
the the kind of the victory lap, I guess you will. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with him on that. How about you? This is hard um, because you know we when when we did the eighties, we really couldn't count Taker. When we did the nineties, he was overshadowed by the you know the 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 shadow of Austin really. And now in this decade you know, he, he has a great one and, and you want to see him go further in a bracket like this. But when I, you know, just to your point, when, when, when you talk about this and you see what Michaels did in doing it as like, almost like a second part to his career, mm-hmm. it, it's, and, and just the, the, you know, the consistent storytelling through it and all, I mean, I, I, I have to agree with you and, and, you know, advance, you know, Shawn Michaels, which, which hurts me because I mean, of all the decades, this probably was the one for, for Undertaker to win, you yeah. know? Um, and, and, and it's just, but yeah, like we said, we just have to, you got to call it, uh, like you see it. And I see it as, uh, Michael's just having, just having that much of a, of a great, you know, career during that decade. So the bracket was not kind to Mark Calloway. Oh, it was not, it was not. All I, right. I think he's going to be okay though. Uh, I think he's doing good. Yeah. I think he's just doing fine. All right, so in our uh, first round of the actual 16-man bracket, we have John Cena versus The Rock. We have gone through their accolades of the 2000s and their decade um, with The Rock uh, basically kind of walking away from the business uh, around 04 and Cena really kind of rising up at that point in time in 03, 04 and, and, be, and becoming, you know, kind of the foundation, you know, of, of the, uh, of, of the uh, promotion moving forward. Uh, so without going back into and, and adjudicating all the details, cause I think we've, we've beat them to death. John Cena. Uh, oh, so for me, it's John Cena and the rock. I believe it should be the same for you. It is. Okay. So, um, I'm actually going to advance, uh, John Cena in this case. I, I think he had the stronger decade. Yes. The doctor of thugonomics advances for me Indeed. as well. Indeed. All right. Our next one, Kane and Chris Jericho. Uh, you know, again, going through the accolades, Kane had a strong decade. Um, now, I think for you, it's Jeff Hardy versus Chris Jericho. Correct. I believe. Yes. Yeah. So for me, comparing these two, um, I, I still I got to give the nod to Jericho. I think he had the stronger uh, run and and especially from a storytelling perspective, um, had some very, very compelling matches toward the end of the decade. So I'm, I'm going to go with Jericho on this one. Uh, me as well. I, you know, the, the ride, Cinderella ride ends for Jeff Hardy. Innovation only gets you so far at, you know, you have to have some consistency and unfortunately for Jeff and, you know, his, his own problems and issues and things like that, it, the consistency just isn't there. Um, yeah. And it, yeah. it, it honestly, it, I think he out of actually, well, no, I mean, the Dudley boys had the toughest time because those two were just inseparable. They, they really just did not work as individuals, not until, you know, Bubba Ray became Bully Ray. Yes. Really. But I mean, it, it's tough to separate a team like Matt and Jeff Hardy. It really mm-hmm. is. Like they were just mm-hmm. so entwined as, as a unit and then to separate out. And so it took him a lot longer. Yeah. But yeah. ultimately he did. But yeah, just not, not as much as Jericho. All right. Now, my next matchup is Booker T versus Triple H. I think you might have Booker T versus Edge. Correct. All right. Who are you going with? I'm going with Edge. And it's not because I think Booker T couldn't have been on par. I just think that Booker T suffered from the fact that he was never going to get the success in WWE that he had in W that he was he was heading into with WCW. He is one of the most decorated wrestlers of all time. 
Yeah. He holds yep. so many different, ti- you know, tag titles, all these different titles. But Vince was never going to put him over in the same way he was going to put over his guys. He was always going to be that guy from that promotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that he managed to break through as many glass ceilings as were set up for him mm-hmm. in that context is remarkable. Um, but unfortunately, we're going on what was and not what could have been. So yes. I've, I've got to give, give the nod to Edge because it, it really was. He's one of those guys where you look at it, you're like, that's his decade. Yep. You know, in the same way you look at Batista, like Batista, that was his decade. Of course, that was his career. But for Edge, like, yeah. this really was his decade of coming into his own. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Triple H on this one. I think he had the stronger, uh, stronger decade. And, mm. uh, you know, again, not, not to take anything away from Booker T, but, uh, you know, again, as, as a cornerstone or foundation of WWE, Triple H was in the mix and, and constantly. And so, mm. um, so yeah, I'm going to go with, with Triple H moving forward. Yeah, I mean, he had the reign of terror. I mean, what else you he want? Did. Uh, next one for me is Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle. Same here. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Kurt Angle, um, mainly because, uh, as we've already talked about, um, he, you know, I'll use the term again, cornerstone. He he was a cornerstone for two promotions and had a significant run during that time. Um, Lesnar, unfortunately, petered out in, in 05 or 04 and... Uh, but I think we're gonna have a different conversation about Lesnar when we get to the 2010s because oh yeah, that's when uh, ironically became a thing, right? Yeah, and and ironically, uh, even though he's he was part time during much of that decade, I think Lesnar. You can make a case Lesnar was a cornerstone of WWE oh, totally. for most of that decade. So yep. Kurt Angle advances, uh, and then um, and sorry, did we go over yours as well? No, I Kurt Angle you, all the you way. Said Kurt Angle. Yeah, it wasn't even right. it wasn't even a question. It was about the same with with like Brock Lesnar and Taz between yeah. these two really it... all right and now we get to the final play in advanced uh you know wrestler of uh sean michaels here against uh one we haven't talked about yet matt hardy um reason i included matt here uh of course had to do with the um you know tag uh you know tag championship you know work that he did with his brother jeff um but really uh you know comes back he leaves wwe in in 2005 comes back to wwe later that year and brings this sort of real um very real uh you know drama that's going on between him edge and lita mm. um for much of the time in the early you know 2000s uh, matt hardy and lita were an item uh in real life when matt left uh lita and edge kind of became a thing uh and so when he returned, there was, you know, real life, you know, kind of heat going on between him and Edge. Um, but they parlayed that into a feud, into a match. And I, I remember at the time it, it it looked pretty, you know, Matt Matt brought a little bit of a of a mean streak, you know, with that obvious, you know, understandably so. Um, but really, uh, you, you know, from there, um, you know, kind of went back to tag team with his brother. Um, he ends up uh, feuding with MVP for the United States Championship uh, and then uh, departs. I think he feuds with his brother and then uh, I think departs back to TNA wrestling after that. So, you know, has a presence, ha- has, you know, does does some good things, didn't get to the world championship level, um, you know, and, and really wasn't wasn't a player there. Uh, but but that is that was Matt's run in the 20 in, in the 2000s. So really just more tag team wrestling in U.S. championship versus Shawn Michaels. So what say you, sir? 
Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to let you all know that had I been booking this bracket, Matt would have definitely been in the play-in, and it would not have become anywhere near a first-round uh, you know, pick here. So I just want you all to know that. <laughs> I want you to know I wasn't involved in this because this this is this is an abomination. <laughs> oh, this, God. this is a travesty. It's a mockery. It's a sham. It's a sham mockery, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God! It's a schmuckery. Uh, yes, uh, a schmuckery, if you will, which is. <laughs> That's the Jewish version of a schmuckery, I guess. I, no, I, I have no idea. Either that or it's all about Smucker's jelly. In which case, I mean, hey, fine. A schmuckery, a schmuckery and peanut butter sandwich. Um, where the hell am I going with this? Uh, I don't know. I, Sh- I'm asking you for an answer here. <laughs> Shawn Michaels, easily. All right. Easily. All right. Easily. And I feel bad, a little bit bad for Matt Hardy because he was the he was the he was the guy of in the team that was just like less identifiable. In a yeah. team that neither one of them were all that identifiable. He was, he was the guy who was like, oh, yeah, he's he's not the one that's taking the big bump. Okay. Yeah. All right. Our next one is Randy Orton versus Rob Van Dam. And you were totally pointing at your back when you did that, weren't you? It, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Mr. Van Dam. Or sorry, well, so let's start with Orton. Um, you know, comes in, uh, again, part of that class out of OVW, part of Evolution, uh, where he becomes Intercontinental Champion. Um, I don't know if he was, I think it, I think it was Batista and Flair that were the tag champs. So he has a run that way. He becomes the youngest World Heavyweight Champion, um, at least at that time, in August 2004. I don't know if that, that has been broken since. I think it uh, has. I thought it did too. I just don't remember who. So, uh, but has, has a world title run that, that was a little bit forgettable. Um, it might've been too, too much too quickly. Um, but, uh, goes on, has a feud with the undertaker, which was highly regarded. Um, you know, has, has his tag team with edge for rated RKO, um, becomes WWE champion and has a much better run, uh, you know, as the Viper and, uh, can just, you know, continues to have that upward trend, very similar to Batista, you know, just, just has, has a great run. Um, and then in 2008, he forms the legacy as a stable with him, Cody Rhodes and, uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. And, uh, largely forgettable because DiBiase Jr. and Cody, I think were still very early in their careers and not quite established, but, um, but it was definitely, um, definitely interesting. And, and it was a good run. I don't remember if this is when he was doing the, at one point he was doing the legends killer thing where he was going and, and, uh, you know, laying into, you know, legends who, who were like attending the events and stuff like that. Um, let me see. Oh, I think that was, are those, sorry, that was between O two and O three, uh, where he became the legend killer. Mm. Um, and, and he would go after, you know, and I think he had a, I think that's when he had a feud with Foley too. Um, let me find that. Hold on. Legend killer. Yeah. Challenging the semi-retired wrestler, Mick Foley. Um, yeah, just just I mean, we'll get to Foley in a minute, but Foley just has some amazing matches with both him and Edge. Mm. Um, you know, it's kind of his his uh, swan song. But but yeah, legacy is kind of how things uh, end out for Randy Orton. But he just becomes you know he becomes kind of a constant in the world title picture, uh, really in in the late two thousands. Um, 
Rob Van Dam, an ECW original, comes in in 01, uh, you know, part of the the invasion. Um, but he he goes on to hold a bunch of, you know, holds the Hardcore Championship, holds the Intercontinental Championship, um, works his way up to uh, and Tag Championship as well uh, as he teams with Kane, part of the, you know, the, the whole feud, or, or sorry, part of the whole uh, storyline where uh, Kane unmasks and, and you know, kind of, you know, takes it all out on, on RVD. Um, but he goes on and, uh, you know, ends up winning the WWE championship from, uh, John Cena at, at, uh, uh, ECW one night stand. Um, so he, he is both, I believe at that time he was both WWE and ECW champion. Um, which I thought at the time they were going to do a Shane Douglas thing where he wins the belt and then he takes the WWE title and like throws it down and, you know, you yeah. know, vaunts, you know, the, the ECW title, but yeah, that, like that, that was, was not, ever going to happen. Yeah, I know. No, I know. No, 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 um, no. so yeah, he has a run as a world champion. Um, you know, widely regarded as just, you know, uh, you know, again, a constant in the, in, in the locker room and on the roster for WWE, he was really good, but he leaves in 07, uh, goes out on the independence. He goes into uh, TNA wrestling around 2010. So that's kind of how he, he ends his run. So, uh, so Randy Orton or Rob Van Dam, sir, based on that. Uh, before we go any further, Ra- uh, Randy Orton is still the youngest WWE champion, uh, oh, just okay. over 24 years old. Wow. Very nice. Thank you, Very Google. Nice. Um, I'm going to go with Randy Orton. Uh, I, I, yeah. I've just, I, you know, I get, I get the obsession with Rob Van Dam. I was just, I've just never been into him and, and his character. Like it just never clicked with me. I don't know why. Um, and I get how, how revolutionary he was and, and, and how he's been copied. And I've made a case for people who have, you know, who have been those innovators getting more weight to that. However, mm-hmm. Randy Orton, you know, I don't know. I just felt like that, that he just had the better decade of the two. Mm-hmm. I, and I just, I maybe it just comes down to preference. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it, it's a hard one to call. I mean, you know, Randy certainly ending the decade on a high note and, and is really part of that world title picture. Um, RVD, though, just insane, just an insane move set and, and, and just a, a, you know, just all around, you know, fun, fun wrestler to watch and, and really, you know, finds himself in, in the championship conversation across the decade in WWE, which is no small, you know, no small feat. Um it's it's a really t- you know really tough call. I'm actually going to go with Rob Van Dam on this one. Um, I'm I'm going to have him go forward because he 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 was, you know, unfortunately we couldn't include him in the '90s either. Um, but in the 2000s he comes in as a guy who was not someone Vince made, and I, I think it was in um, oh God I'm forgetting the series on on the WWE Network, but there was a series they did and. You, know, you come to find out that, you know, Vince and Rob Van Dam actually, you know, kind of, I mean, kind of get a sense of why he did so well. Because I think, you know, Vince and he, you know, could relate to each other quite a bit. And Which is very odd. I don't see that. Yes. Yes. So, uh, so yeah. So I'm going to advance Rob Van Dam. That's almost like hearing like, you know who Ronald Reagan got along really well with? <laughs> Alice Cooper. <laughs> yeah. I want that as a road oh, movie. Like, what? What? You yeah. know? Yeah. But I mean, I guess there's there are those pairings like you just hear about people and you're like, so, uh, who and who? Yeah. OK. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, it's again, it's it, to me, it, it's it is a toss up and it just comes down to preference. So I, I got. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, so we get now to Mick Foley versus Eddie Guerrero. Yes. Which um, hmm. for for Foley, this is going to be kind of quick because he basically uh, he retires and then he unretires um, in in two thousand. Um, he 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 gets retired by Triple H and then somehow at, at the Royal Rumble, I or was the Royal Rumble or, no, it was the February pay per view, and then he comes back for WrestleMania as it's a fatal four way for the world title. Yeah. Um. And uh, then he goes on to become commissioner. Um, he he departs for a period of time. Uh, he comes back to WWE, um, where he has uh, you know the Randy Orton feud. He has the Edge feud. Um, you know, he kind of vacillates between being a performer and and a uh, a commentator. Mm. Uh, but then uh, later in the decade, he shows up in total nonstop action wrestling and actually holds the world title for a period of time. Um, so uh, so he does have that that he notch you know a little notch in his belt there. Whereas Eddie Guerrero, you know, came in in the late '90s um, or like in 2000 with uh, uh, with the other radicals. Uh, uh, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, and Perry Saturn. Um, but he goes on to um, just have some amazing matches, amazing feuds. Um, SmackDown, you know, under Paul Heyman during this time when they split it into brands, um, just became this this show that was just so much better than Raw because of folks like Kurt Angle, Guerrero, um, Chris Benoit, and, and just others. Uh, uh, who else? Oh, Shelton Benjamin, Charlie Haas. I mean, there, there was just like, oh, Edge, Rey Mysterio. Um, there was just so much talent on that roster and, and they tore the house down, you know, constantly. Um, so, uh, becomes WWE champion in 04. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, unfortunately, in 05, um, you know, so he has a great run through that time period, um, uh, with, you know, f- fighting Bl- uh, Brock Lesnar, big show, um, has amazing feuds with like Rey Mysterio. Uh, that's, that's the famous, you know, I'm, I'm your poppy. Yeah. You know, that, that, oh my gosh. Um, what else? Uh, the lie, cheat, steal thing was, 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 you know, oh my God. I mean, it was just like, Eddie was just a house of fire during this oh, time. Yeah. And then, sadly, the fire, you know, is extinguished with with his uh, untimely death um, in, in 05. So, so you, one wonders what could have been, you know, had he kept going. Yeah. Um, because he was just, he just uh, continued to find ways to entertain and, and to, you know, create some great stories in WWE. So, sir, Mick Foley or Eddie Guerrero? Man, as much as I love me some Mick Foley, uh, I got to go with Eddie. Um and and if I if you haven't seen it, there is an entire show on the the McFoley Edge WrestleMania match. Oh, I can't gosh. remember what show it is, what the title of the show is, but it's it's on the network, um, or it's on the well the network section of Peacock, and you you find it there. It is well worth it. It goes into the whole thing and all. And it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, yes, Mick definitely gets credit for for those matches, but they're highlights. And then it's his work as a commissioner and all that. Eddie was just Eddie to me gets credit for being one of those guys where things worked out right. Like there's mm-hmm. times when you look at it and you're like, well, how come this guy never got a chance as a champ as the champ? How come this guy never got a chance to carry the ball and to be the guy out in front? And sometimes just it seems like by accident it happens. And, yeah. the, and the guy who, who deserves a spot who you're like, oh, but it's never going to happen. 
because they're always going to go for this guy or that guy. And in Eddie's case, he got the chance to do it and did extraordinarily well with it. Um, and I, I think that you just have to, to me, like, like you say, like there's, it's almost like the, um, the Gale Sayers <laughs> sort of, uh, yeah. you know, putting him in the hall of fame sort of thing. Like you, you almost give, like, I, I know. And I just said the other, a little while ago, like we're giving credit for what happened and not what could have happened in a case like this. It's, it, it kind of is almost a little bit of that. And I'm, yes, I'm totally going back on what I just said. WWE Untold is the show. Yes. Oh man, it's such a good special. I've watched it like twice. Yes. You know. Yes. And I love I love Edge's like expression in some of that. Like oh especially when he talks about like going through the table. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and like he's shaking. Like like I don't know how much of that was acting versus he was just responding to the fact that he just fell into a fire, but yeah. um it, it's pretty freaky when you see him. Like he he is he is one screwed up dude after that after that match. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I just love how he, he, but Mick is sort of just like, he's like, ah, that was just a, that was just another Sunday for me. And Edge is like, <laughs> I've, I haven't been blown up with C4. I don't know if I like this. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, ah. he, by that time he had turned into, um, uh, he had turned into, uh, oh my gosh, his mentor. I'm completely blanking on his name. Um, his mentor, t- uh, Terry Funk. Oh, t- oh, t- oh, sorry. Back I thought when, I was thinking about Eddie. Sorry. Back when Terry was, you know, was telling yeah. him, oh, don't worry, Cactus, it'll be fine. That's That was Mick at that point. Like, don't worry, Edge, it'll be fine. Like, yeah. no, no, it won't. One of us is going to be really freaking hurt. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Eddie, Eddie gets it for me. Yep. Yeah, 100%. All right. Our final first round matchup, uh, Christian versus Rey Mysterio. Uh and as we go through this, I'll, I'll try to be quick. Um, Christian in, uh, you know, again, teaming with Edge, uh, did some amazing things on the tag team front. Um, basically uh, has a run with the Intercontinental Championship, European Championship, uh, feuds with Chris Jericho. Um, what else? Uh, you know, just, I, I mean, he, he has kind of a mid-card run. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't really, I'm trying to think, uh, or I'm trying to see here. I don't believe he has any run with the world title. Yeah. Um, he leaves in 04, goes to uh, TNA Wrestling from uh, 05 to 07, where he is uh, crowned world champion uh, and is involved in the main event title picture. Um, he then uh, continues... Um, in 07 and 08, um, you know, again, still, still being in that world title picture for, for TNA wrestling in in a lot of ways, you know, along with, with Kurt Angle was, was, you know, one of the, you know, kind of core stars that, that was brought over, um, you know, between him, Angle, the Dudleys really brought a lot of star, you know, star power to, to this, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of fledgling promotion and, and really helped build it up. Um, but then, uh, he would later, uh, leave, I think, when did he leave? Uh, left in 08, I think, uh, from TNA. And then he just kind of disappears for a while. And, uh, or, or sorry, he leaves in 08, comes back to WWE in 09, uh, is ECW champion. Again, um, one of a billion ECW champions. <laughs> like yes. everyone on this list at one point yes. seems like they were ECW champion. Uh, but then goes on to win the World Heavyweight Championship. This is right around the time Edge retires because of um, 
because of his health, uh, you know, health issues. He wins the world title, uh, but then has to step down. And Christian kind of picks up the mantle um, and uh, and defeats uh, Alberto Del Rio for the world heavyweight championship, which is really cool to see. You know, so he has a period. You know, he kind of ends. You know, uh, in twenty. Oh, I'm sorry, that was in 2011. Excuse me. Yes. So we we cannot count that. So. My Erase apologies. that from your minds, ladies yes. and gentlemen of the jury. ECW champion. That's stricken it. That's from it. the record. All right, Rey Mysterio, on the other hand, uh, you know, comes into WWE in '02, um, goes on to win uh, tag team gold and cruiserweight gold, uh, teams and feuds with Eddie Guerrero in '04 and '05. Um, goes on to become world heavyweight champion in '05. Um, has some, you know, just just great feuds as champion then. Um, goes on to continue in various storylines. Uh, let's see, let's wins intercontinental championship in 09, 2010. So, so Ray is really, you know, really a staple of WWE starting in 02 um, and just goes on a, on a great run and uh, you know, find, finds his way as world champion, you know, uh, during that time period. So now was that like, was that the, the big gold belt world championship or did he win the WWF title? Sorry, I had to take a gulp of water. Uh, that, that is the big gold belt. Okay. Well, at least that I don't disprove my own point because, again, yep. like he was, you're allowed to win your the old belt from your company, but not ours, pal. Yeah. Another yep. wonderful thing. But anyway. But, uh, yeah, so between – I know I ran through it pretty quick, but between Christian and Ray, who are you going with? I got to go with Ray because – I do too. Totally broke a barrier of like – what a little guy can do yes. and, and and where their spot in the roster is. And I mean, the fact that, you know, dude is uh, from a luchador background. He is, mm-hmm. these, these are not guys who are respected or given a lot of hype in main event scene for American promotions. And he changed that, you know, Absolutely. I mean, granted we, it's not like we've seen a bunch of guys under six feet, you know, like thousands and thousands of them become main eventers. But I mean, yeah, you can always point back to him as like, well, it's possible. And, yeah. you know, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's amazing that, that, you know, again, like we, we marveled at him at WrestleMania, like the dude is, is in his late forties and mm-hmm. is, is it late forties or is he 50? No, he's 48. Uh, he's yeah, 48 and he's five, six. Yeah. And he is still flying. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it just to, to have him win a major main event belt was huge. Yeah. Not yeah. something you would ever expect. No, not at all. And and that feud with Eddie Guerrero was unreal. Oh, yeah. Was was just unreal. It was just just really, you know, just uh, blurring. I, I don't want to say it was blurring the, the, the reality lines a lot, but there was just something about it that, you, you just despised Eddie, you know what I mean? And, and it just, it just made for, for such, such a great, uh, you know, a great, uh, a great feud with, with young Dominic now, not, uh, you know, uh, sitting in the pokey Dominic. So. Yes. All right. Next Hello? round, sir. I'm oh, here. Sorry. You, you went quiet. I'm like, Oh, did he lose his internet? Oh, no, I was, I'm filling out the next round and um, ah, I got okay. caught in the Google sheets. I see. All right. Uh, so we are now in the quarterfinals, uh, the quarterfinals. So, uh, we're just going to run through these quickly cause we've, I think talked these all to death and quite honestly, I think Uncle Todd needs to go to bed. Well, all right. Getting there. Yeah. Getting there. All right. John Cena, Chris Jericho, who are you going with? Cena. 
Yeah, I gotta, I gotta agree with you on that one. It's uh, looking more great. and more like it's his world, and everybody else is just a squirrel looking for a nut, man. <laughs> you know, quite honestly, yeah. I mean, Jericho had a very respectable run, and he, you know, you could make an argument of advancing him forward because of the fact he came back and had that great run at the end of the decade. But at the same time, Cena is constant yes. throughout the decade. There is no yeah, gap. If, if Jericho had been there the whole time. Yeah, I think it's more of an argument just because you have a big you would at least have that matchup of like the yep. time. Yep. Hundred percent. All right. Kurt Angle and Triple H uh is my next matchup. Who who do you have? Kurt Angle and Edge. Ooh, who are you yeah. going with? <sighs> That's a hard one. It is, but you know what? I'm going I'm I'm going with Kurt. Workhorse, man. He is moving Kurt ahead. Yeah. All right. All How right. about you? That's a hard one. Um, you you got Triple H, who's the cornerstone of WWE during this time, and you got Kurt Angle, who's the cornerstone of WWE in the early part, and then TNA and mm-hmm. in the second part. And I'm I'm struggling because I mean, and they're both great wrestlers. They they both had very very great runs. Um, you know, during this decade. Oh, this is hard. Um, Get out of quarters. Probably got to flip. Yeah. You know what? I'm. I appreciate you moving Kurt forward. I'm actually gonna go with Triple H. The reign of terror continues, and Triple the rich H get richer. Moves forward. <laughs> All right. Uh, next round, I have Shawn Michaels and Rob Van Dam. Who do you have? I have Michaels and Orton. Ah, Michaels. So who are you gonna advance? Michaels. I mean, it just the way the bracket's working out. Yeah. You know, I didn't plan on the heartbreak kid getting this far into this, but I mean, with with how you've booked him, it's almost like a, you know, you're setting it up. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm I'm booking Mr. WrestleMania for the finals. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> I know, but you're like, like against like the weakest competition possible. Like, why don't you throw oh, in, you know, hardcore geez. Holly into his, into his bracket too. Oh, Let him do chew that. on that for crying out loud. Who do you got? All right. Uh, I'm going to, so I have Shawn Michaels and Rob Van Dam. Um, there, there's just no comparison between these two. I mean, Michaels clearly has the stronger decade and, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to move him forward. All right. All right. Last matchup of the quarterfinals, Eddie Guerrero. I have Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. I believe you must have the same. Same. Yes. So who are you moving forward? Poppy or not Poppy? <laughs> Man, <laughs> this is hard. It's yeah, because now I'm 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 kind of going back on what I just went back on before because I'm I'm going to go with Ray because mm-hmm. just the wider sample and yeah. you know I, I think Ray had had just a bit more to overcome just because of the size yeah they both yeah. had a lot to overcome because they just were not the typical guys that Vince is going to put over yeah yeah exactly. exactly but but Ray had had the size disadvantage to go along with it too because we all know Vince loves the loves the bodybuilders the big guys the monsters all that and then yeah you know I'm just gonna go with that and it, it, it kind of sucks because like you say good lord what would what would Eddie have done I know you know I know I mean he was such a natural yeah such a natural at just yes. getting heat and but yet also getting heat where people loved him yeah. you know Oh, it's great. Uh, I'm going to give the nod to Ray as well, and and you know, and and I hate saying it this way because this is not in Eddie's control in any way, shape, or form. But just the longevity of it, you know, I mean, just mm. just Ray has the run that 
you know, Eddie could have had, um, if, if, you know, things didn't tragically end the way that they did. And so, um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm giving it to Ray on, on that front that, that he, like you said, he broke boundaries. He, he, he overperformed and, and went to places that someone his size, you know, you don't think would, would normally have, have been able to do. And, and he did it and he did it consistently. Um, great worker. Um, and you know, I mean, he's, he continues to do it. So, um, so yeah, for, for the two thousands, I'm going to go with Ray Mysterio. Right on. All right. So now, uh, as we figure out the finals here, I have John Cena versus triple H. Who do you got? I've got Cena versus angle. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and this is, I mean, they're, they're both, they're both the corner, you know, they're, they're at least two of the cornerstones. If there are more cornerstones, I, I need to relook at the list, but, um, well, I mean, they, I mean, if you look at it, a cornerstone, there would be three others if you're going yeah. corners, you know, four corners, I'm guessing. I'm going to go with Cena. I, I, I think this is Cena's decade, mm. um, you know, quite honestly. I, I think he he become you know, in the same way, you know, we kind of went with Austin in the nineties. I think Cena is the face of the two thousands and, and he is just that constant, um, triple H. I mean, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard pick, you know, because, cause triple H has a very strong run as well. But, uh, but Cena, no, I mean, I think he's, he's just the man. So. Yeah, no, I can't argue with that. Can't argue with it. And that, that is a, that's a tough matchup, man. I mean, they're, yeah. they're both like faces of the franchise at that point, you know, in, in one direction or the other, really. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you going with? You're going to love this one. I'm going with Kurt Angle. All right. No, I, I honestly, either guy makes sense. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like even if I took triple H, it makes sense because he, he equally was, you know, kind of a face as well. I I'm just giving the edge to Cena. Cause I think he just made, made the run, but with angle, you know, what's, what's your, what's your rationale? I mean, the thing is like, uh, I just never really loved John Cena, the character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, he, he he did what he did and he did it great. And, you know, yeah. much like Hogan, like he was very good at being that character. Yeah. Um, Kurt Angle is to me the complete package of what you want a wrestler to be. Like he, he mm. could do the sports entertainment stuff as good as anybody, but he could also be a worker that someone like Jim Cornette would be like, damn, son. If I had 10 more of him, I'd be selling out all across America. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that's a rare thing. That's a is. rare thing. It is. All right. And then I think we both have the Shawn Michaels and Rey Mysterio. Oh, what a hell of a match this would be. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yep. Can you freaking imagine? Oh, I got to go with Michaels, though. He lays oh. in that super kick. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, no question. <laughs> I mean, because as as good as Ray is, yeah, um, Michaels just has that has that extra something. And and yeah. that's fine. Like, yeah, it's just the way it works, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and you're going with Michaels as well, right? Yes. Okay. So my final is John Cena versus Shawn Michaels. Your final is Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels. Yes. So I, I will go first because I'm very curious to hear how he's going to sort this one out. Um, <laughs> Michaels, uh, you know, both of these guys have very strong, you know, uh, a decade in the 2000s. Michaels really, 
has almost no business as someone who was in, in the, in the business in the late eighties. Um, and is just, you know, outperforming guys, you know, half his age, um, you know, during this decade and Cena, as we talked about was just became, I mean, really became the Hogan of this era. You know, I mean, he, he really becomes that star that transcends the business and, uh, and, and just, you know, in, in a lot of ways, um, you know, just, just rises to the occasion and, and, and really becomes that, that kind of cornerstone, you know, figure for WWE. So, uh, as much as I, you know, as much as I appreciate the work of Michaels and what he did, um, I got to go with John Cena as, as my, my pick for the, the 2000s wrestling bracket. And a totally valid choice. I, I get it. And I, with a bracket working out differently, I could totally see that being my pick as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. if this was if this was if this was booked in a different way, perhaps if I had booked it, it might turn out that way. But, you know, all right. I don't know. Um, for me, this is Angle versus Michaels. And this is this is tough. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about a dream match? Ah, uh, yeah. <sighs> yep. I'm going with Angle. Wow. I did All not right. see this coming whatsoever. I, You know yeah. what? I'm going to go actually go back and look at the bracket that you had me uh, that you had me fill out because I did get all the way through that one. And who did I have winning it? I had Triple H winning the last one. Did you really? Just with the way the matchups worked out. Interesting. Um, Interesting. And actually... Jericho beat Kurt Angle. Yeah. In, in yours. I, I just opened yours up and I was just looking at it real quick. That's interesting. Which I... I don't know what I was thinking there, but anyways. Well, no, I mean it's it's reasonable. I I wouldn't look at you and say what were you thinking. I, I it is as we talked about. There, there's a lot of quality, you know, talent here who did a lot. Yeah, and but it's I, it's a hard choice. I think the way that you laid it out, because I was just briefly yeah. skimming these. I think you put it into much more context, like the careers and kind of where things were. So that kind of helps me get a better picture of this. Because, like I said, I'm, I was flying an airplane blind in this thing. I, <laughs> I I really was not watching or paying attention to wrestling at all. So nice. I'm just kind of going with that. So the context that you gave really helps me kind of sort this out. But yeah, I'll go with Angle. I mean, all right. You're welcome. I'm glad to see I influenced your uh, your choices. Da da, you suck. Da da, you suck. I, mean, I just love that. And, and then they you got Cena's music where it's like, bam, bam. Oh, I can't even do well, it. But instant, instantly <laughs> recognizable. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah, absolutely, so good. All right, so uh, for those keeping track at home, uh, two hours later, uh, the man they called Tim picks John Cena for his 2000s wrestling bracket finals uh, to go up against Jake the Snake Roberts and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the final four. <laughs> I'm still Uncle just Tom. amazed you have Jake the Snake coming out of the, out of the 80s. He That's is great. a great pick. Oh, no. Not. I'm not besmirching it. It just right. it just makes me chuckle a little bit. <laughs> All right. And Uncle Todd has selected Kurt Angle, who will go up against uh, who and who? I'm, Stone I'm forgetting. Cold and I believe Hogan. And Hogan. Okay. Gotcha. So, I mean, oh. actually, in a way, this is my Jake the Snake pick because you would have, I mean, really, the if you're going by this logically, it's Hogan, uh, Stone Cold, and Cena. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, I mean, I'm, if you are, again, you're looking at just the big ones, then Lesnar mm-hmm. is your is your fourth. Yeah, that's fair. And that that's is, fair. like, that's Vince's bracket. I yeah. guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 100%. 100%. Um, so, yeah. All right, sir. Well done. Well, we have adjudicated 
you know, it's going to be clocking in at probably 10 hours total here, but we're, <laughs> we're, we're adjudicating wrestling throughout the decades. Well, one thing I will tell you is uh, the reason uh, why, if you're, if you like to find our podcast on the YouTubes, the reason why I found this out, the reason why some of our episodes uh, take longer to get there is because I have to go and load them up myself. Oh. is because it doesn't generate a video automatically of a podcast over three hours. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I have to go in, and, and tomorrow that's one of my assignments, is I have to go in and get <laughs> 128 and 129 into videos and probably ha- set my work computer on fire because it's like <laughs> eight years old trying to Gosh. generate those videos. So you're welcome. Holy moly. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And another thing. That all being said, uh, what have you got for and another thing this week, sir? Uh, mine will be quick because I've done this one before, but uh, and I haven't gotten all the way through. I'm about three quarters of the way through it, but uh, I, you know, just got a call back out to the A&E biographies on uh, on professional wrestlers, specifically um, not just the show, but I want to specifically call out uh, this last episode from from last night, uh, which uh, let's see, we're recording April 10th, so April 9th, uh, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, baby. Yeah, baby um, you don't, know, you can't deal with this funk right here. Let me tell man, you what a story and 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 not just what a story about his career but but really i'm 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 actually very impressed that they're really kind of taking the bandaid off you know ripping the bandaid off on the ugly parts too you know mm-hmm. like clearly dustin you know there there there's some you know, you know, he, he readily admits that he wasn't there for two of his, you know, four kids, you know, when he was building, you know, his, his, his career in wrestling. And then, you know, Cody and, and his sister and, uh, and basically the two younger ones, you know, really get to, you know, enjoy time with dad, you know, when he's doing more of the, the backstage producing stuff after his career's over. And, and so I, I was just, I'm, I'm happy to see them do that. I was very disappointed in the Jerry Lawler one. Um, there is no mention of his son, Brian Christopher, at all. Oh, and uh, the scandals uh, having to do oh, yeah. with him as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it was all about his career. And I, I, I was uh, that one. I, I will. Oh, I, I was very upset. I don't want to say upset, but I was very disappointed. I wonder because... why that is, because everybody else. I mean, granted, I mean, they kind of go easy on some of on some of them, like with the yeah. with the Yokozuna one. They kind of. They alluded to the fact that he had, of course, they t- had to talk about an eating problem because ultimately it's, it's kind of what killed him. His mm-hmm. habit is just carrying too much weight, but they really didn't kind of go into like yeah. that as much. And yeah. with, with Lawler, yeah, totally just, it was a total pat on the fanny, you know, sort oh, of yeah. thing. Yeah. So I, you know, this one on Dusty Rose was just, is, is, like I said, I haven't gotten through it all the way, but is fantastic. So uh, if you want to learn about, you know, hard times and, and yeah. where, where that all came from and why uncle Todd has been, been going into, in, into that mode as soon as I set him off. Um, you know, definitely check out the American dream, dusty roads biography on A&E. It is, uh, it is really, really riveting, really interesting. And you get some great insights in, into a legend of the business. Excellent, sir. And uh, what about you? What is your uh, and another thing? Well, I'm going to go into a more literary direction here. Uh, I've uh, been working my way through this book, and I've been kind of slow going, mostly because, I don't know, the last couple of months, man, I've just, uh, I go into these dry spells with reading where sometimes I, I hit a couple of difficult books, and I'll either, I'll, I'll either abandon a book, and then it takes me a while to get a new one going, or I don't know, there's just times when it seems like I don't make enough time for reading, which kind of stinks, because I reading is one of my great pleasures. 
but I've been working my way kind of slowly through this one. This one is, I kind of feel like I need to digest in between sessions. Um, it is Beneath the Underdog, His World as Composed by Mingus. It is uh, Charles Mingus's uh, great jazz bassist, composer, band leader, uh, his autobiography. However, the interesting thing about this is first and foremost, when you're, when you're going through the, the opening of the book, uh, very, very much after the next page, after the dedication, you get a, uh, a disclaimer. Some names in this work have been changed and some of the characters and incidents are fictitious. So interesting in an autobiography. And so the entire thing is essentially told by a third person who is watching Charles Mingus. And it's almost like his higher self or this personality that is separate from Charles Mingus that lives within his mind. So it enables him to tell his story without ever saying I. He's always talking about Charles instead of being that person. He's telling it from a removed perspective, which leads to some very interesting things. And you know, a dialogue back and forth where you're like, okay, this is either totally imagined or this is like a, an idealized version or what he remembers or whatever. But it's, it is a wild ride, man. It is a wild freaking ride. Um, and I, I have not, I didn't, I I know of Charles Mingus, of course, and I I know of his music and being a, a total amateur hour bass player myself, who could never compete with, you know, jazz bassist who I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's like, I'm doing, I'm doing addition and subtraction. You're doing calculus, like playing an upright bass with no frets. Uh, no, I'm terrified. Thank you. I'll just sit over here and drool watching you. Um, so, you know, for that, it's like, it's interesting and I know of him, but I don't, I didn't never really knew his entire life. So I've, I have not gone and researched any of this. I'm going to finish the book and then I'm going to go and look at his Wikipedia page and do some more research and be like, okay, what did he make up? <laughs> How much yeah. of this is actually yeah. true? And yep. it, it, I figure it'll be a nice little detective story afterwards, but I highly nice. recommend it. It's, it is a fun read, but it is, it's kind of intense in spaces and yeah. then it just starts going crazy at, at sometimes where I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm reading like a Hunter S. Thompson book here yeah. for, you know, some chapters. Very but, cool. Yeah. Cool read. All right. Check it out. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, friends and fiends, members of the Free Range Idiocy Congregation, uh, people who had just happened to stumble into the joint, thank you for joining us for this episode. We do certainly appreciate your patronage, your ears, your listening. And, uh, you know, if you have not subscribed, uh, well, <laughs> that's a way to join the Free Range Idiocy Congregation, ladies and gentlemen. You just have to go to freerangeidiocy.com. That has all of our episodes listed out there. You can download them one at a time. You can actually subscribe right through the Podbean app. Uh, if you're at a point in your life where you're like, I don't need any more damn apps uh mm-hmm. you know mozzarella sticks or otherwise uh don't don't fret <laughs> don't worry don't you worry yourself at all we got that we got you covered got daddy. Eggs. we got you covered daddy um so you go to uh, apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, pandora uh whatever the heck the alexis you know uh amazon one is i can't i should know this but they don't do any of themselves like any favor by not really branding it um and uh, many other podcast purveyors you just search for free range idiocy you'll find us and you can subscribe there through various apps of your choice uh you can also find us on youtube full episodes are available on youtube we are at free range idiocy there so uh search for us once again you'll find us and you can 
hear all the episodes that way. Uh, you can also find us on social medias at Facebook. We are also on Instagram. Both of those are at Free Range Idiocy. If you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, ideas for shows, offers of outright bribery, feel free to send those to Tim at FreeRangeIdiocy.com. I'll take it. Uh, oh, certainly we will. Well, of course you'll take it because you need to buy more deviled eggs. That's um, right. And those steaks ain't cheap, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, you send those to Tim and he'll get back to you forthwith PDQ, if not sooner. And now at this point in time, uh, a, only a short, brisk six hours after we began this trek, uh, I'm going to hand this over to the lesser idiot, uh, less idiotic of the two idiots who run this. I keep wanting to say lesser idiot, but it, that doesn't work out any which way. Like you're taller than me and you're older than me. So it's I'd be lesser in both of those cases. But the less idiotic, which is, the lesser. is definitely you, um, uh, of the two idiots who run this show, uh, that would be the man they call Tim. Uh, but not before I ask the second most important question in all of human history. The first, of course, being what is hip. The second being, what the hell did we learn this show? We've learned the following. Uh, oh, he's getting a dramatic pause, ladies and gentlemen. This ought to be We've good. We've learned. He's trying Uncle to stretch Tom this into a four-hour show right now. And the man they call Tim. Can babble on incessantly about wrestling, no yeah. matter how hard they try to whittle it down. It's going to be a two-hour show, minimum. Well, you were—you've been reading their entire Wikipedia page. I mean, I, well, I was trying to skim through and do it in real time. I—I I, I had a, as you said, it's been a week and a day for me. So I, your I'm, idea of skimming is—is is not my idea, sir. Ah, oh, good lord! <laughs> Just saying. We've also learned the Ahsoka trailer is. Uh, oh. Chef's just, kid. just, just pumping us up, getting us excited because we are going to see finally the Grand Admiral has come back to the Outer Rim. I mean, and we're looking forward to what he's going to be doing. Yep. We have also learned that uh, the 2000s, as odd of a period as it was for wrestling, as as unconventional as it was with Vince having to compete with himself, uh, produced quite a number of. Very, very talented and, and really, you know, um, uh, you know, acclaimed uh, talent uh, in, in terms of what we had to sort through today in the bracket. It was a lot of difficult choices, uh, but, you know, as we've gone through this, it, it is, you know, always been fun to kind of re, you know, remember back and, and look at. Uh, some of the the accolades and and the careers that these uh, you know these folks have had because it is it is a brutal business and uh, it is interesting to, to just go back and see the storytelling the uh, you know the feuds um, just just everything that's kind of gone into it and so we have seen this we have adjudicated we now have three out of the four uh, of, of these decades knocked out and our next one we will find out who is king of the 2010s. And then finally, who is king overall. Uh, and we look forward to that. Finally, as we like to close things out here on the range, we do mm. appreciate your listenership. We appreciate the downloads. And uh, especially those of you who have downloaded these last several episodes that have exceeded any sort of taste of time and, and, <laughs> and length in terms of what a podcast should be. Yes. We, we do appreciate it. And uh, as we like to kind of wind things down here, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And, well, it's just better to turn the lights off than to leave them on all night long. Who wants to see that? But do hit the lights on the way out. Hello, what have we here? It's like I took the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon, what did you say? Did you give me my cheese wheels, boy? Damn! No, I'm, I'm serious. You could, you could be 
in magazines. You, you could. You can, and not just like jugs or, or creamsicle. You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Call me. She won't call. <laughs> I'm, I'm not drunk. Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. See, now, what I can't understand is yes. how Stone Cold Steve Austin and Taz made it in, and yet, like, Trish Stratus or Lita or CM Punk doesn't make it in. It was a difficult call, but I had to make it. I think you're suspect. <laughs> Thanks, Chucky. <laughs> and I'm only saying that... You're too far with. <laughs> I'm only saying that so quiet because it is 11.17 p.m. on the East Coast right now, and people in my house are trying to sleep. And I'm I was going to say, you're not in the office today, are you? No, I'm trying... You're, you're not in HQ, so we, we got to keep this quiet and keep this done. I am trying to keep peace in my house. I've, oh, my gosh. I've managed well, to make it through a major holiday without, like, fighting, <laughs> and I'm trying to keep it that way. <laughs> So it's a very subdued Uncle Todd. Indeed. I didn't even make a joke about the outer rim, which, I mean, there you go. I mean, I I know. I teed that one up for you. I was expecting, uh, you know, a little little, little throwback there. Somewhere. Nothing. Somewhere Jimmy Dice was going, I sense a disturbance (laughs) in the force. There's there's an ass joke that somebody didn't didn't just jump on. Seen, felt, smelt, and dealt, baby. Exactly. (laughs) Poked and stoked. Anyways. (laughs) Oh, there we go. Added two more. Now get the hell out of here!